When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Did you ever think you would make it? I feel I'm supposed to take sweet victory. I know this life meant for me. Yeah, why would you bet on Goliath when we got bet David? Yeah. Value payment, giving values contagious. This world of entrepreneurs, we get no value to hate it. they run, homie, look what I become. I'm the, I'm the one. Okay, episode 347. To, uh, we haven't... Uh, uh, we haven't done an episode since last Thursday or Friday. It's been a long time. It feels like it's been a couple months. Feels Ma- like we made it. Ma- maybe because we're trying to eventually get to a point to see if we can do this thing four or five times a week. Who knows? Maybe that day, one day, will come in By the 2024. Way, I'll run out of shirts yeah. and ties. So I have a I have dream. Shopping. So we got a lot of stories, a lot of crazy stories. A lot of people claiming that Musk has got drug issues that's going on. We'll talk about that. And he's responding to it. Boeing, what is going on with this Boeing plane? Everybody's sitting there saying, I thought the exit seat was the best one. <laughs> Extra leg room. I got to worry about it. Can you imagine? Everybody around the nation is now worried about the exit seat. By the way, the craziest thing with this Boeing situation is they haven't been following the FAA guideline for quality control for the longest time. And eventually whistleblowers at Boeing told others that Boeing doesn't do the FAA quality control guidelines. Did you know this? That's pretty crazy. So they lost $13 billion just yesterday. Wow. That's what happens when you do something like that. And Anyways, a shirt and a few we, got, it. We, yeah. got a, we got a clip from uh, Josh Hawley going after FBI Director Ray. It's awesome. You got to see it. We got another clip with the door on the plane going. We got a couple Haley clips. Haley's very popular right now. Mm. And on uh, her views on parents and then her views on uh, uh, partnering Hunter Biden. You know, it's an interesting way she answered it. And then you got a clip that you want to show from our friend. And then Jewish folks, underground New York, very interesting what they're doing in New York. Adam, Adam's you have to answer partying. for your people there. Underground parties. Aside from that, uh, offices around America hit a new vacancy record. New vacancy record. Barely a third of Americans expect economic improvement in 2024. Lulu Lemon hits back. Chip Wilson, I interviewed this guy seven, eight years ago. Freaking phenomenal guy. Do you know this guy, the CEO of Lululemon? It's worth nearly five, six billion dollars. Do you know he would go to work on a daily basis in a Speedo? <laughs> That's it. Wait. And he would walk around, <clears throat> literally, this is a true story, in a Speedo. Stud. Of a guy, he was a former swimmer. We'll talk about oh, him. Okay, quality, I can't quality. wait. Remind me to bring up American Peril CEO yeah. when we do that. So then Biden, apparently, according to J.P. Morgan, they're predicting Biden will pull out of the presidential race. This is not Fox News. This is not CNN. This is not a podcast saying it. 
This is J.P. Morgan predicting that Biden's going to pull out the race. It doesn't get bigger than J.P. Morgan. $7 trillion nearly of money circulates through J.P. Morgan on a daily basis. U.S. Supreme Court to hear Donald Trump's ballot ban. We'll talk about that. MSNBC host gets emotional. Folks, if you haven't seen it, I don't want get some of the tissue uh, ready for you because it's... it's. Um, You're not going to show it because I, I don't think I could deal with it. It's, it's worse than, you know, I'm trying to think about like most emotional moments in movies. Notebook. You know, it's more like emotional. When, when Gladiator, when he, when uh, Maximus sees his wife, oh, it's like, emo- is it worse than it's bad? Bambi. It's like Bambi oh, level no. type of emotion. So when we do that, just skip that part, okay. Vinny. It's not good for you. It's but like the funny part at the end of Full Metal Dragon. Got it. Democrats question whether Biden should agree to debate Trump. Watchdog. Watch this one, folks. Finds 81% of all political late night show jokes in 2023 targeted conservatives. Anyone surprised? Weird. Many college grads. Struggle to land jobs due to lack of preparedness. By the way, kids are showing up after college. They got their four-year degree. They've shown up to job interviews with their parents. No, Can you imagine no, this? No, they're not. Uh, Larry, who are these people? That's hello, my Ms. mom D- hello, and Ms. dad. Yeah. So how <laughs> good are you, you going to take care of my boy? Yeah. How good are my little Joey? How are you going to do with this? Well, yeah. We all know that's how I got this job. My mom showed up. <laughs> She's like, listen, Mr. Bet David, he's By a good way, boy. Truth be told, his mom did show up. But, but it was, uh, that it was, was after he was got like, hired. Kind of like when she used to drop you off for summer. And then yeah. my dad showed up. Tom the Biz Doc Ellsworth, my uh, stepdad over here. By the way, uh, thanks Pat, for putting a good Pat word for me. McAfee stood up to ESPN. ESPN and flat out called them out. Good for you. Because the week prior to that, he got Mm -hmm. got shot for apologizing. So the week later. He named names. Yeah. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are about to get divorced. Will they? We'll see. Tiger Woods ends a 27-year partnership with Nike. Kind of wild. We'll talk about that. Joe Coy. I don't know if you watched the monologue. I know Joe Coy. Did you watch the monologue? Can I be 100 with you? No, I did not. I was working. So if you know Joe Coy, you can stay knowing Joe Coy. It's the worst monologue I've ever heard. <laughs> Let me say that. Okay, it was so bad that I had to go watch Ricky Gervais just for me, <laughs> you equilibrium me the, you for me to be leveled off. You sent us a clip. <laughs> it was terrible. Not only did Taylor Swift not find it funny, I don't think anybody found oh, it funny. Oh man! But it is what it is. And Ricky's uh, Ricky's monologue could have been done this year. Yeah. Uh, DeSantis, is he going to drop out of the race on January 15th? A lot of people mm. are saying this. This is the Hill, by the way. I want to talk about and that. And the Hill likes DeSantis, some of those guys there. And then we have AOC gives away the game on America's southern border crisis in a video. Uh, and then we got Michelle Obama did a podcast with Mr. Jay Shetty. And she claimed she is terrified. Oh, no. About not. The movie FNAF or it <laughs> or leave the or world behind silence of the lambs or, or leave, the, leave the, the but she's terrified. Oh no, about the 2024 election. Oh, Vinny, dun, 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 dun. exactly. When Pat does that voice, I just get intimidated. I don't know. I do too. I'm so I nervous. No, by the way, before we get started, yesterday we had the sickest strategy session. We were away for the last two days, we stayed in Miami. We had a meeting at the One Hotel. We had a 14-hour meeting yesterday. Absolutely freaking insane. Phone set aside. I am so excited about the future. By the way, just last week when we announced the Future Looks Bright initiative with the hats, I don't know how many thousands of hats were picked up last week. Some of them are going to be on back order. We're getting some new ones here. The entire premise of this year, I want everybody to confuse the living crap 
out of everybody in your life to sport the future looks bright gear when you go to work, when you go to your family, they say, As cra- how are you so optimistic? I'm telling you the future looks bright. You're going to see why because there's going to be a certain waking up of certain leaders in, in America and the world we've never seen before. There's a whole initiative on what we're going to be doing with that brand, with the future looks bright being all over the place. I'm excited about that. But anyways, before we get into the podcast with all these stories, let's first go to our sponsors. Go ahead, Rob. So look, I've been in the financial industry since 9-11, the day before 9-11, and I've owned stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate, crypto, gold, you name it, I've owned it. But the one thing that's very important part of my portfolio all these years is gold. I love having a percentage of my net worth in gold that I have access to in case of many different things. That's why we chose to work with our new sponsor, American Hartford Gold. If you have retirement funds that you cannot afford to lose, American Hartford Gold will ship physical gold or silver directly to your door. Also, if you have retirement funds that you can't afford to lose, now is the time to call American Hartford Gold, a precious metal dealer you can trust. They have the finest products, amazing customer service, and a buyback commitment. They've earned a five-star rating from thousands of reviews and an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Tell them I sent you and they'll send you up to $5,000 worth of free silver on your first order. So click on the link in the description or call 866-939-6984. Again, 866-939-6984. All right, let's get right into it. First of all, let's give a quick shout out to Michigan. Yes. The national Wolverine. champ. It's a big deal for you. Look, my dad went to Michigan. My family's from Michigan. My family's from Detroit. I remember growing up, 1997, Charles Woodson. Everything was going on there. This has been a long time coming. Everything, all the, the disarray that was going on with Jim Harbaugh this year and the allegations. 15-0. and 0. They beat Ohio State this year. They beat Alabama. They beat the Pac-12 championship, Washington. Tom Brady, our boy. Tom Brady's very happy right now. So is Dave Portnoy, by the way. But shout yeah. out to Michigan Wolverines College. It was, it, was, game. it was great seeing that. It was very good seeing that. Okay, so let's get right into the stories. Okay, uh, let's start off with a little bit of economy. Offices around America hit a new vacancy record, according to Wall Street Journal. And this number is not a number that's uh, something to be bragging about. Here we go. Uh, Office vacancies in major U.S. cities have surged to a record high with 19.6% of office space unleashed in the fourth quarter, up from 188 from previous year. This marks the highest vacancy rate since 1979. That's 44 years ago, 40, uh, 44 years ago, 45 years ago. According to Moody's Analytics, the overbuilding trend in the 80s and the early 90s resulted in a glut of office buildings many of which were constructed in the 50s and the 80s, 50s through the 80s. Currently, the three major U.S. cities with the highest vacancy rate are Houston, Dallas, Austin. This is all Texas, by all the way. Texas. Shifting work habits, include, including the move towards working uh, uh, open floor plans and remote work, have contributed to the rise in office vacancy, vacancies. The COVID-19 pandemic accelerated the shift, leading companies to realize they need less space per employee. Tom. Mm-hmm. Wow, 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 wow. Look at this. Well, first of all, 19.6 is a national average. Um, And so you need to step back from that. Like here in Miami, I think the office vacancy rate in Miami is under 6% right now. Um, It's very low. A lot of companies and people have moved down here. So if you're in commercial real estate in Miami, you probably, the issue you got is probably finding homes for your clients. Um, Texas, the issue I know for fact is overbuilding. They didn't think they were overbuilding because no private equity company or a large uh, community bank is going to say, okay, here's a billion dollars to build this massive office, parking garage, and everything goes with it. 
and have no one there. They just got caught out by the amount of inventory they built, which means if you're thinking of moving to Texas where there's no state income tax and there's a lot of other uh, lifestyle things, guess what? You'd probably get a very cost-effective um, you know, uh, building for your, for your team there. But the other side of it is <clears throat> San Francisco, which is horribly vacant. So when you see these uh, averages, folks, always remember, these are national averages. And what is the reality is the re- that for you as a business is whatever the reality is in the town where you are or you're trying to do it. And San Francisco, everything's vacant. Miami, everything's full. And cool. Here's a question, Tom. Beautiful this, new buildings in Texas if you're moving there. Here's a question. Uh, is, this, is this a permanent thing? Is this a seasonal thing? Is this something that's going to change? What will change it? Are we at a point where, you know, a lot of these guys are starting to realize, look, maybe the real answer is the following, Tom. 20% of America is overbuilt with office buildings for current population size that we have. Is that the right way of looking at it? Meaning at 350 million people in America, 20% of office buildings are too much, uh, one too many, which means... The next time we're going to need this much office space, maybe we'll be when that 350 becomes 420. So, Rob, can you see if there's a map to say when will U.S. population hit 420 million? But the opposite argument to that may be by the time we get to 420 million, we're going to have such great technology and AI that that 20 percent may go to 30 percent, may go to 40 percent. What do you think is going to be happening? So I think they've built the wrong the wrong stuff. Um, right now, we've got too much commercial space on a national basis, and especially in Texas, and we don't have enough like apartments, condos, and things Correct. that people could rent. And so I look at it, and the question I ask, and I'm not going to plug anybody, but there are venture capitalists out there, and there are startups out there that are converting two and three floors at a time of an office building into basically studio plus apartments. Uh, they they get a bathroom in there. They get a kitchenette in there. And suddenly for 1500 bucks, you know, a person with a job downtown, you know, has everything they need. Yeah. So a lot of that space needs to be repurposed. And the venture capital community and a lot of startups are out there saying, hey, give me three floors of this building. I will, you lease it to me. I will convert it to, you know, 20 efficiency apartments uh, per floor. And they're really nice apartments. I, I toured one. I didn't invest, but I uh, got involved and I uh, uh, with a startup that's in the Dallas area. And they pulled it off, and they got three floors of an office building down there that is now like 60 apartments. Very interesting. So office and apartment combined. I mean, they got some of the uh, buildings here. Like, we were, we were going to buy those buildings on the water, on the intercoastal. Remember what they told us. They said some 60% has to be office, 40% has to be tenants. Exactly right. Yeah. It's similar. Now, not everybody stays at the Four Seasons, but if you've ever driven by or seen some of the Four Seasons, a lot of times in major cities, the top five floor of the Four Seasons are residences. And it'll say that. That's the Four Seasons residences yeah. up here or Mandarin residences. That is an example of the hotel people, half of it's hotel and then half of it's, and then one third of it to me. Two thirds is hotel and one third is permanent. So, BBD, you asked the question is this just seasonal? Is this sort of temporary? Let me tell you something. Uh, this ain't going. This ain't changing. The game has changed dramatically. What do I mean? Well, just like Uber did to the car industry, just like Airbnb did to the hotel industry, just like Bitcoin did to just normal financial products and uh, fungible tokens and all that fun stuff, just like podcasts did to media. Same things going on here with commercial real estate. 
Tom hit the nail on the head. Damn right he um, did. You know it. But I hit it. We supply and demand. We've got too much office space and not enough homes. So what do we mean? We all see what happened during COVID. We started using using acronyms like WFA, work from anywhere, WFH, work from home. COVID basically was the catalyst to what was already going to happen. People were already working remote. These things were already occurring. And then, boom, COVID, Zoom meetings just smack you right in the face. Next thing you know, you're working. You got your, you know, your mullet outfit going on. You got you know, business up top, party down below. You and your boxer briefs downstairs. And if you're tubing, you're masturbating. Exactly. Go ahead. All oh, that baby. Go, ahead. go ahead. But you know, what's happening, and Tom sort of alluded to it, you're going to have these basically work-where-you-live type buildings where – People are having less kids. We know that. Uh, you don't need to be running around to the office anymore. You know, there's this hybrid work things. We obviously know that you're a big advocate of getting your ass in the office. So am I. But most companies are totally cool with you working remote, especially if you can find the best talent. But it comes down to supply and demand. There's not enough uh, homes out there. People want to work from home. There's way too much commercial uh, office space. So rents are going to be a little bit lowered. And that's going to be good for a little company based in Fort Lauderdale called Valuetainment because we're looking for a home uh, office campus. And some of these guys that are looking to sell their property are going to need to basically offer They're that aggressively, aggressively recruiting us to move to Miami. So we're going to see what's going to happen. Oh, with the, if, if, that sounds if horrible, Pat. Yeah. We don't want to be living in Miami. I know, I know you don't want that. That's not what we need. Aggressively recruiting us to it. move the building to Miami. But we'll, well see Do you want to make happen. sense of this, Pat, on your end? What? Yeah, I, I, I think that's the I'm purely asking data. Like when you pulled up the population, we're not going to get to... 370 million people, but God knows when, you know, like 366, most likely by 2100. That's what, 76 years from now to get to 360. Where are we right now, Rob? 335, 340? I mean, population? What, yeah, what's like the U.S. population right now? So if we're going to go, uh, uh, okay, 331, That's but that's 2021. So let's just say 2024, we're at 340, give or take. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if this, yeah, 335 in the U.S., I don't know if this applies to all industries. I don't know if this applies to industries. I, th I think it's going to be pocket. I think it's going to be cities. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be regulation. I think it's going to be overbuild. I think it's going to be a lot of that stuff. And by the way, you know, BlackRock right now is laying off 3% of their employees. That's yeah. 600 employees they'll be laying off. Even though their numbers are back up, they're doing okay. But, you know, it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be predicated based on Tom, go ahead. You're you're trying to say something. He's itching. No, no, I know. I, I, was, I know it when he's moving. No, I was I was waiting for you because there's those three lines over there on the left are pretty interesting. Got it. So so one birth every nine seconds, one death every nine seconds, and uh, so one international migrant yeah. every twenty eight th seconds. Th then yeah. a question you have to ask on top of all this is where does AI fit into all this? That's the part. Where a does UBI fit into this universal basic AI income? Is what's going to happen with all that stuff? Yeah. So again, we'll see what's going to happen there. Now, next one here is Americans are racking up more phantom debt, and if you know what phantom debt is, this whole buy now pay later type of stuff, and that's a problem mm -hmm. when you see how this thing actually. Uh, work. So, uh, uh, Rob, run another poll. Again, I'm curious. I know we ran it last time. How many people have used a buy now, pay later system ever? B Just have, uh, buy now, pay later. Just ask that question. That yeah, see, yeah, see what people will tell you there. So, uh, buy now, pay later loans, which can be challenging to track, have surged in popularity with a 14% year over year increase during the holidays, according to Adobe data. This type of debt 
often not reported to credit agencies is referred to as phantom debt, and it could indicate that total household debt levels are higher than traditional measures suggest, warns Tim Quinlan, senior economist at Wells Fargo, managing multiple buy-now-pay-later loans with different payments dates is a challenge, potentially leading to increased consumer debt. Uh, BMPL, again, buy-now-pay-later, could lead to an increase in consumer debt as consumers may be more likely to take additional debt if they know they can spread out payments. A survey revealed that 42% of buy-now-pay-later borrowers made late payments toward those loans. Tom. Damn. Well, guess what? We remember what happened to credit card debt. It smashed the one trillion ceiling right at the uh, end of September. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Went right back up. We, we talked about this at length. It got down a little under half a billion during COVID and all of a sudden it's over a trillion. So, it, but we also saw that wages weren't really up and the, the workforce really didn't grow, you know, dramatically. So that means those folks put them in debt for one trillion. And along comes BNPL. Companies saying, hey, click here, buy now, pay later. And and um, Pat talked about this on a podcast and he explained the difference between a hard <clears throat> inquiry and a soft inquiry. So it was a soft inquiry on people's credit. So it doesn't show up on a credit report yet. So they got to find a way to buy whatever it is they want to buy. So they use BNPL where they break something into like three, four payments and suddenly they're in more debt than actually their credit report reveals so so wait just tom my brain when you guys talk about money and bnp all that crap so you're saying that uh, consumers are putting themselves deeper in the hole so like let's say i want to max out my credit card but i still want to buy more stuff i can do and they let me do it right yeah bnpl so you can do b- it so it's bnp so it's buy now poor later is that yeah, what you're ba- that's one so way I'm going to be broke as shit. By the way, you, yeah, know, you, know, you little rat. You know, rat. I hit that nail on the head. You know the layaway concept. The layaway concept was you didn't get the product. Yeah, you have okay. to keep paying until you, you have to keep paying it. until you get the product. Which, by the way, that's great mm, I to have like a layaway that. product. Yeah. This is like layaway product, but you get what you want up front. Why? Yeah. Why would you do that? This is this is like saying you're going to college, but we're going to give you the four year degree up front, even though you, it's going to take four years for you to really get it. But guess what? For the sake of helping you get a better job. Take this four-year degree up front. We know later on you're going to get it. What a stupid system, right, to do it. But you're hurting people, hardcore, getting into more debt, as if we're not already in too much debt. You're adding even more to it. And people are using it. So they're they're, they're hoping, because they're like, okay, we'll give it to you. They're hoping you start missing those payments, because once you miss a payment, what does it jump up to? No, no, it skyrockets. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, by the way, no surprise, America's got a trillion-dollar credit card debt, and 42% of the buy now, pay later that started on Black Friday um, has been late. Oh, weird. Rob, what's weird. the poll look like? What a surprise. Yeah, yeah, weird, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, let's go to the next story can, here. Can I just add one thing? Um I didn't get a chance to weigh in on this. But We're this not going to go to everybody. I don't go to Vinny every time, but um, if you have no, something no. real quick, go for it. Well, I just... What we realized is that since COVID, this K-shaped economy is a real thing. You know, they talk about the difference between Wall Street and Main Street. For those of us lucky enough to know how finances work and you've saved that money, you've invested, life's great. You know, everyone thinks like, Vinny, we had this conversation the other day. What do you think the current inflation rate is the other day? Everyone's like 8, 12, 15. Current inflation rate is 3%, but there's a COVID hangover. So people don't realize that the economy has gotten better 
but for people at the top. If you're at the bottom and you're the two-thirds of America that's living paycheck to paycheck, you're struggling. Unemployment. People think that unemployment is a 20%. Sorry, it's a 3.5%. So people think the economy is a lot worse than it is because those are the people on Main Street. People on Wall Street, they're doing great. Everyone wants to know, hey, there's a recession this year. Is it going to happen in 2024? Not. Turns out the stock market went up 25 freaking percent. Meanwhile, you have the people living paycheck to paycheck. I just did a video across the street. Uh, this Amscot, you familiar with that? Yeah. Where it's the payday loans. Oh, that's the worst Where are the place. money, people? I went in there. I'm like, hey, if you want to get your money absolutely wrecked, come visit here at Amscot. They show you on the signs in the building that they charge 400%, 500%, 300%. And people are doing it. There's a line out the door. I'm like, you guys are getting your ass Kicked by Amscot. Shout out to Amscot right now. So, <laughs> by the way, check this out. 240 branches, 2,000 plus employees has been around since 1989. Yeah. So, so it's not like there's not a business for it. There's a business model for the poor just getting poor. And that's the unfortunate care. thing. And, and Pat, you, you touched auto. on this a million times during COVID. Where do you think the money flows when you give out free money and you give out stimulus checks? It's going to flow to the top. We saw who, who became the richest man in the world during COVID, it wasn't Elon Musk. It was Bernard Arnault, who basically owns, who doesn't basically, he owns LVMH, which stands for Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy. They own everything. Gucci, Prada, uh, Moet, this, that. They own every store in the mall. And this guy became the richest guy in the world because everyone got their stimulus checks. They didn't pump it into a Roth IRA. They pumped it into a new bag from Balenciaga. And that's exactly what he happened. He looks like Joe Biden's cousin. Look at them. You know, there's a very He's interesting. There's a, we'll get on to the next thing here. But my parting shot, Pat, is there's a very interesting uh, rule of thumb that says take all the stimulus that's given to every household that's under 100 grand. That's two people making 50. Just take 12 percent of it. And that's what's and, and that's the net gain for the stock market. Why? It's EBITDA because they spent it all. And it ends up on the bottom line profit for all the companies on the stock market that made all the stuff that they just bought. Listen, let me let me talk to to, uh, you know, certain people here right now. So I have I have a few people that I'm talking to this year and to the people whose income grows, but you're constantly broke. You don't have an income problem to the people that, you know, if you were broke making 50K a year. And you said, if I only make more money, I'm going to be better. Then you're broke at 100K. Then you're broke at a quarter million. Then you're broke at a half a million. Then you're broke at a million. You're going to be broke no matter how much money you ever make. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about the power of broke, like, hey, it, you know, always when you get Chris money, Gardner. let it go out and all that. Not Chris Gardner, uh, David John. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Uh-oh, that's happens. like a bad moment you just had right there. But That's okay. <laughs> I think in the pursuit of happiness. You know what, you know, what that interview is like, hey, Samuel Jackson. I, I'm not Sam. You yeah. think just because I'm black, I'm Samuel Jackson, Lawrence Fisherman? Anyways, so if you're constantly making that, increasing your income, but you don't have savings, there's a problem. At whatever level, I, I posted something on Twitter just a minute ago. Uh, Rob, if you want to go pull this up, I literally posted this morning. And I said, everyone has a reputation. If you just click on that and zoom in a little bit, because, yeah, there you go. Uh, go a little bit. I said, everyone has a reputation, some good, some bad. Your actions determine your reputation in the marketplace. New Year's Eve, 2002. I'm at In-N-Out Burger in Universal Studios, literally in the backside with another guy that we split the uh, In-N-Out Burger and we got water with lemon and sweetened loaf. Yeah. You know why? Because that's called lemonade. And we split it, split the double-double. He gets one, he gets half, I get half. And what's the Ryan Seacrest is doing to 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Yeah. 
Then I'm sitting there saying, what a freaking shitty way to go into a new year, okay? Uh, going through a bad breakup. I got not a penny to my name. I'm $49,000 in debt. Life sucks. I'm asking God. I'm talking to myself. Do I go back and join the Army? Is that what I do? Do I just go back and do 20 years? Because I've already done two and a half years with a little bit of reserve, which means i got probably five years. I only need to do 15 more years. What do I do there? And then I made, in my mind, I'm like, what's your reputation? Because my dad would say, you're this, you're that, you're that. I made a list of reputation that I had in the marketplace. Out of everything I wrote down, I wanted my new reputation to be, and it came down to one thing. I wanted the new reputation to be, whatever Pat says he's going to do, it's going to get done. I wanted my word to cash my big, many big checks, and it was going to take a bold new reputation. I wanted to bring confidence in the people who believed in me and put the fear of God in those who didn't. I know it sounds a bit dark, but that's me. It was the hardest reputation to build because the pressure that it comes with. But just like shooting free throws, the percentage of things getting done kept increasing higher and higher and higher. We have a big vision with a ton of work to do, but the reputation of getting things done got started back in 2002. If you allow a reputation to linger around, it eventually becomes a permanent reputation. You know your reputation. You know who you are. No matter how much you make yourself feel good about your reputation, your actions have caused you, the reputation that you currently have today, but you can choose to change that now. Never let the world dictate your reputation. If you do, they'll own you forever. Future looks bright. What's the point here? I don't care how much money you make. Start saving money. You're going out to the party? I'm not coming. We're going out to the club Saturday night? Dude, I'm not coming. We're going to go over here? Dude, I'm not coming. We're going to go do this? I'm not coming. Save. Save, invest, save, save, save. Your income goes up, don't change your lifestyle. Your income goes up, don't change your lifestyle. Your income goes up, don't change your lifestyle. Let your income increase two, three, four, five times before you dramatically change your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. If you can afford to live in a million-dollar home, live in a half a million-dollar home. Mm -hmm. If you can afford to live in a $3 million home, live in a million-dollar home. If you can afford to live in a $10 million home, live in a $2 million home. And then all of a sudden, boom. You're like, man, this pillow got softer. I sleep better right now. I feel better. What the hell just happened all of a sudden? Because you made better decisions. So some people have an income problem, fine. But most people don't have an income problem. Most people have a saving and a spending problem that's haunting them. And when you are in debt and you're owing everybody money, you, just, you are just not in a good, you know, weak place. You don't do husband better. You don't do friend better. You don't do business better. You don't do any of that stuff better. So that's my biggest thing when we're talking about buy now, pay later. Don't fall for all these bullshit gimmick traps that all these other guys are selling you. Just because everybody else is doing BMPL, whatever it's called, you don't need to fall for that trap. You go increase your market value. Think about your vision long term, what you want your life to look like, what you want your dreams to look like, and then make better decisions. One day you'll wake up and everyone's going to say, wait a minute, what, what happened to you, bro? How are you living this life? Bro, because all those 97 times you invited me to go smoke weed and party and do all that shit, I said no to you. That's what happened, mm -hmm. and you went, okay? It's that simple. So we, have, we just have to make better decisions and not fall for this crap. When I see this number here, 3,400 people voted, 28% did a buy now, pay later. What's 28% on 3,400? That's about 1,000 people, right, give or take, have done BMPL. Make a decision, guys. Don't do it. Do not fall for it. Anyways, let's go to the next story. Lululemon hits back at founder anti-DEI comments. Lululemon hits back at the founder's anti-DEI comments. They do not reflect our company's views. Look at this company. They do not reflect our company's views. 
You are your founder's company. What do you mean they do not reflect our company's views? Your founder started your company. Can you imagine how dumb it is for you to say what you just... Do you understand what they're saying? Of course. Lululemon hits back at the yeah. founder. If it wasn't for the founder, there is no Lululemon. You, you know... <laughs> yeah, it's basically what's yeah. happening in her America today. We don't endorse what our founding yeah. fathers That's of right. America yeah. can take basically the, tried to make here in America. They, they were here way before you and I were here. Exactly. America matters way more than you and I do. They start this great country. Lululemon distance itself. From its founder, Chip Wilson's recent criticism of the company's diversity and inclusion efforts, Wilson has stated they're trying to become like the gap, everything to everybody. You've got to be clear that you don't want certain customers coming in. What a powerful statement. The company issued a statement clarifying that Wilson's comments do not represent Lululemon's views or believes they highlighted that Wilson had no involvement with the company since his resignation from the board in 2015. Wilson, known for previous controversial remarks, also criticized some of the models used in Lululemon's advertising campaigns as sickly, unhealthy, and not inspirational, according to Forbes. Look, as they always say, you try to please everybody, you please nobody. And this is exactly what's happening here. It's so upsetting. You're founder of multiple companies, PBD. It must be so upsetting for the founder of a company, the vision that they have, the vision that they cast, the belief that they have, the company they found, and then a decade or two later, completely see it crumble. Totally endorse what chip wilson is saying on this one and he brings up the gap he brings up companies that have just basically tried to basically make it the what body positivity movement we see what's going on at victoria's secret it used to be known as if you're the most gorgeous beautiful fit like cream of the crop woman out there you'll get some angels on your back right now it's like, yeah, if you're looking like Amy Schumer and you do your thing out there, you know about this, Vin. Oh, God. It's like, yeah, we'll throw some uh, mud-colored angels' uh, wings on you and we'll just uh, you roll around like a little pig out there. If you're Lizzo out there, hey, looking good, you can endorse our product. The, I'm, I'm assuming the whole premise of Lululemon was basically look good, feel good, be fit, be athletic, get your ass out there, work out. Be comfortable. Do your thing. But now it's turned into basically a DEI prerequisite where if you're fat, you know, you're going you're, you're gonna to make it in this company. This is not the, yeah, exactly. This is not the first founder that looks back on a company he made and watches them deteriorate and has something to say about it. I seem to recall that Steve Jobs returned to Apple after they had their 40 years in the desert and Howard Schultz returned to Starbucks. You know, maybe Chip needs to return. And by the way, the things, the comments he made about models was you have to remember fashion is incredibly woke industry and it's an incredibly drug addled industry. Yes, I said it, but it's true. And they're talking about these size one uh, models that are on the cocaine and Diet Coke diet. And he was saying they look sickly. They don't look healthy. This is not good. But somewhere between that and all this body positivity stuff. And so he's out there talking. Would they rather have the CEO of American Apparel, that that CEO who would use drugs in the office and it was just a free-for-all of sorts of an orgy of wokeness, and he would walk across the office stark naked except for a sock covering Mr. Johnson and friends. And and so... <laughs> Tom, I have nowhere, no clue been, where this Tom, place is going. Way, it sounds can, like can, can I tell you guys... Would you like that? Yeah. Can I tell you like who that? this guy is? Let me tell you who this guy is. First of all, Chip Wilson is a badass. He's a BMF. I interviewed this yes. guy many years ago, and I intentionally wrote... I think I wore ripped jeans, like literally ripped black jeans, because in his book, 
that had just come out. We met in Zuma. I don't know where we met. It was a mm-hmm. great conversation we had because apparently he used to go to work in Speedos, okay? And the way he started Lululemon, very, very what, – what am I wearing in this interview? Yeah, yeah, there you go, because I was telling him a joke. Wow. When would you ever see me wear something like that? Never. That is yeah. not your look, but dude. I, tell I don't you, know where he, that came he, from. He and I were – and you have to watch an interview to know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But this guy, when we sat down and we spoke – so he, do you know how he starts the company? He goes to all the uh, local uh, yoga stores in Santa Monica and L.A., and he listens to girls' complaints after yoga, okay? Mm. So he realizes the biggest complaint girls had after yoga is they couldn't go from yoga to the mall. They had to go yoga, coffee, home to change because they were embarrassed. And he talks about the fact that he was worried it's going to show their uh, – uh, what's the it's word? Uh, uh, no, no, no. There's a word that they – Camel toe. Camel toe, yeah. Moose knuckle. No, literally he talks about that in the book, okay? Yeah. Sorry. So he's like, well, that's a problem. And he says, I noticed everybody was saying this, yeah. okay? So he said, I'm going to be able to fix this. He says, so I went back and I designed them and I kept looking at the girls putting it on. And I said, boom, you can't see it anymore. Would you be comfortable going in the mall? Perfect. He creates that product. Wow. Okay. Yeah. At the time, 100% of his customers were women. Then it goes to 88% of his customers being women. The name he comes up with, he says, the reason why I chose the name L because I noticed Japanese people couldn't pronounce the word L. And it was a joke to him. This guy's a little bit of a joke prankster type of a guy, just so you know that. He said, so here's a story by him. If you go to Eight Outrageous Remarks by Lululemon founder Chip Wilson. This is our kind of a guy, by the way. Where's he from? I don't know where he's from. But, dude, I was with him, his family. His family was there. They were all laughing, having a good time. Well, you could tell this guy enjoys his life. Fun guy. Okay, so let me read this to you. Wilson once claimed that smoking and birth control pills led to high divorce rates okay so that pissed a lot of people off too he once said uh he chose to call his company lululemon because he thought it was funny that japanese people couldn't pronounce the letter l so he he said it was so funny to watch them try to say it he says because of that i named my company lululemon wilson is an avid fan of ayn rand and stated printing the phrase who is john galt on the company's bags in November of 2011 without his CEO knowing about it. Like, this is that guy, okay? So then he takes the company, realizes most of them are uh, women. You know what he ends up doing? Can you type in right now Lululemon? What percentage of Lululemon customers are women versus men, okay? I want to say the number he brought down from 100% to 88% to today's like one-third, two-third. Yeah, check that out. A third of the customer are men. We're in those Would mans? you have ever thought about it? No. Think about When you think about Lululemon, you don't think about women, right? You, th- you don't think about men. You think about women. A third of his customers in 2020, let alone today. So these guys were able to get both men and women. There's a reason why he's worth $7 billion. This guy's a bad ass guy respect to chip we need more chips in america to create jobs a behemoth of a company he built and he's worth seven billion dollars and these clowns are saying our founders comments doesn't reflect what we stand for as a company let me get this straight he gave the company the name he came up with the ideas for women for yoga he did all that stuff and you <laughs> don't value what the founder said. You know how comical and foolish yeah. this sounds? This is this is the same exact thing where these magazines like Forbes that were once the best magazine for every capitalist mm-hmm. in America. Now the writers are a Columbia grad journalist, bullshit, liberal left, can't stand capitalists, can't stand business people, is not telling business people how bad capitalist is, how bad these money people are. That's what happens to the brand eventually and loses its control. Hopefully that doesn't happen to Lululemon. But all I'm saying right now, if you've never met this man, if you've never spent time with this man, 
Go study his book. Study him. He's an absolute stud of a guy on how he built this incredible brand. And I hope they don't ruin this incredible brand Chip Wilson built out there. Anyways, yeah. let's go to the next story. Good for Chip, by the way. We need more chips in the world. <laughs> okay, next. Which one do you want to get? Let's go to Elon Musk and drugs. Here we go. I don't know what that transition is, but that's what we're going with. <laughs> right that's what people want it. to talk about. Here we go. Love it. Elon Musk has used illegal drugs, uh, worrying leaders at Tesla and SpaceX. This is a Wall Street Journal story. Um, Elon Musk's, uh, uh, Musk's alleged illegal drug use includes, includes uh, what is it, LSD, cocaine, ecstasy, and ketamine, often at private parties with non-disclosure agreements. He has even taken illegal drugs with current SpaceX and former Tesla board member Steve Jervestin. Uh, Musk's drug use raises concerns about violating federal policies, potentially jeopardizing SpaceX's government contracts and breaking company policies at both SpaceX and Tesla. Some Tesla board members have discussed their worries about his drug consumption uh, informally and his actions have previously led to an SEC investigation. While some speculate that Musk's unusual behavior could be linked to drug use, others attributed to factors like his consistent lack of sleep and mental health challenges. Vinny. Okay, for, let, let, let's just take a step back, okay? Always look at those words, allegedly, okay? And this is another hit piece, just like they tried with the, him being anti-Semitic, just about him back in the day with all women. It's, 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 long story short, they're trying to destroy him because he bought the only forum that we could have free speech. And you know what? Let's be honest. You know why he's a huge threat? What year is this year? This is election, election year. Election year. Yes. So guess what? Think about it. Last presidential election, who, who owned Twitter? Who was it? Jack Dorsey. Right. Right. And what happened? 80 FBI agents were at Twitter stopping every story that you guys were supposed to hear. The Hunter Biden, all the all that Twitter stuff. files, t- t- Twitter files. So and they, they stopped all these negative stories. Now you have Elon Musk, who's really concerned about the open border situation. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention. That's the majority of Elon Musk tweets. And. I mean, besides calling Mark Cuban racist, he said yesterday in this tweet, this is, Mar- uh, this is Elon, in the USA, you don't need a government-issued ID to vote, and you can mail in your ballot. That's insane, okay? Think about his reach, Patrick. I don't know how many uh, millions and millions. Yesterday it was at 12 million, but he just posted it. If that word gets out that they're cheating, okay, they're concerned because no. he's giving us the platform so we could talk shit and point out that the border is completely wide open, okay? There's 12, I think by the end of Biden's run, it's going to be over 12 million people. Did you know that? And he's saying that's more than the last three presidencies uh, combined of, of immigration. So you think about it, and, and mind you, Pat, it's not like, oh, where is it at? 38, 38 million, uh, almost 39 million people are seeing this, okay? Then, think about, think about how this goes down. Then you see people like AOC, okay, that complete moron she's on the daily show which is basically unwatchable unfunny it's it's the worst show you know what she's saying with the with the the solving to, to, just, this whole just immig- document them Th- yeah she goes not the wall just let everybody in but document them do you have that clip rom because i, w- I want to show you like i want to show you two things look look li- listen to what she says ready for this listen to this <clears throat> this is this is who this is this AOC, AOC talking okay. about the border back up a little bit go uh, for it. Here we go. From all parts of the political spectrum, one of the biggest issues that we have when it comes to immigration 
is the fact that we have an undocumented population. Mm -hmm. Now you can fix that by trying to build a wall, yeah. or you can fix that by trying to document people <laughs> and create a path to citizenship. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, we'll have folks that might folks. say, look at these systems, you know that our shelter system has weight and things like that. But one of the reasons that our public systems experience weight is because people don't have well, you a document. That? You know what, two, two scary things I want everybody out there to be concerned about. She's the future. She's the future of the Democratic Party because she people will vote for her to be president. The second thing that really scares me, did you hear that audience response? That audience clapped. Yeah, but it's and, the Daily Show. No, 100%. Yeah. 100%. But you know what I think? You know the FBI went after everybody at January 6th to put them in jail? We should find out everybody in the audience that was applauding this and for, find, like, make sure that they don't procreate, right. including her. Because we don't need that crap, bro. Mm -hmm. And Pat, this goes way back. Adam, because I know you want to say something. This goes way back. This has been their plan forever. Rob, I slacked you this clip of Joe Biden on the Congress floor, this has been a plan with Mayorkas next to him, that little rat, and this is their goal of making us non let Watch, play, play this clip. Listen. An unrelenting stream of immigration. Unrelenting. Nonstop. Yeah, it's happening, you piece of shit. Look. Folks like me who were Caucasian of European descent, for the first time in 2017, will be in an absolute minority. Minor Look at Mayorkas. Look at that rat. Absolute minority. Fewer than 50% of the people in America from then and on it's a plan. will be white European stock. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. That's, a, that's a source of our strength. Well, yeah. So, so think about this. Elon, he's, he does this with women. He's allegedly doing drugs. He hates Jewish people. Anything to knock him down to get rid of him because he's letting us see shit like this on expat. Mm -hmm. 1,000%. He's the threat. Tom, what Here. do you think? I mean, guys, I, I get what you're saying. I'm, and by the way, for AOC, oh, it's a brilliant strategy for the left, what they're doing. you got to give them credit on how awesome of a strategy it is to let this many people come in more in one administration than the last three combined. And then you convert them and give them a path to citizenship. And you know 65% of them are voting to the left. So if you're a gambling man, the house is on – you are the house. You're winning. You know, the, your odds of winning that bet is on you yeah. than the other side, right? But go back to the Elon Musk story, yeah. okay? On the Elon Musk story, this isn't some, you know, Daily Mail or this isn't some, you know, media matters. That just This is Wall Street Journal. Wall Street. And by the way, when they interview the person, they're like, you can't write and says, listen, our sources are very credible. That this is actually happening. This is not like we're winging it here. And then they asked the lady from Wall Street Journal, and they said, so, um, you know, uh, what does this mean when it comes down to Tesla guidelines, drugs? He says, well, Tesla has guidelines that you can't be using drugs. A lot of these companies that he works for do the same things apply to him. It does. And then how about the contracts that you're getting from, you know, NASA and the government contracts, all this stuff? Same exact thing. So now, Elon's, uh, to Elon's defense, he's coming out saying, I've been drug tested every single time since, you know, uh, what do you call it, the, the, the Rogan podcast when he did. And, yeah. you know, they've been drug testing him, drug testing him, drug testing him. So, you know, is it true or not, Tom? What do you think when you hear a story like this? You've spent some time with some of these folks, you know, creative folks in Silicon Valley that, you know, they feel maybe there's an edge when you're taking this. You know, Steve Jobs has made certain comments about LSD. What are your thoughts about the credibility of this story? Yeah, first of all, I think the story is credible. Um, has Elon Musk used? Yeah, we saw him smoke dope on um, 
on Rogan. And there's a lot of people, including Elon, who from time to time have made comments about uh, magic mushrooms or microdosing. Mm-hmm. That is all over Silicon Valley, uh, microdosing and, and mushrooms. Very, it's, it's, it's not used by everyone, but it's widely used. So that doesn't surprise me there. And it doesn't surprise me that, that he's there um, and that he's part of it. Now, some of these other stories here, these, these comments are from people go back several years because it, it does appear that what Elon's drawing a line in the sand on is, hey, I just now got tested. I've been tested regularly since 2018. So you know he's drawing a line there. And so I, I think that, yeah, do I think he's microdosing and using magic mushrooms? Yeah. Yes, I do. You know, and I think the story is credible. Do I think he's he's still, um, you know, binging on the weekend doing 10 rails of, 10 rails of white magic? <laughs> no, yeah. no. Tom, I want to yeah. party you back with you back in the 80s when you were doing your thing. And, but, but Tom, here's my thing. Here, here's my thing. He could micro. I don't give two shits if he's giving us a platform to talk, yeah. if he's putting shit into outer space, if he's doing Neuralink and trying to help people, if yeah. he's speaking about the border. I get what you're saying. No, I get what you're saying. Is the timing though weird no, to you? No, bro. Like, but, but you have to know that when you're, when you're doing that and you're, uh, for example, like, you know, um, you know, if, if, if the profile of an Elon Musk, okay, is anti-authority, don't tell me what to do. I'm going to, you, you can't tell the profile of an Elon Musk of what to do. You can't do it. However, the, the good and the bad and the ugly comes with it because, if he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. If he's got a real enemy, you don't need to worry about him destroying his enemy. He's going to destroy his enemy because no one's more obsessed about it than him. But at the same time, even a guy at that level, you need to have certain people behind closed doors that you trust 100% that nothing even you tell them leaks to their wife, leaks to their husbands, leaks to their friends, nothing to say, hey, man. What do you think about this? Here's what I'm thinking about. What are your thoughts on this? And it's like, look, bro, just pump the brakes. You're a target now. And here's what could happen to you. And this is what you got to be thinking about. And your enemy, the state number one now. He is number one. I think so. There's No, I don't think there's anybody. And by the way, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, today he's above Trump. And why, 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 do, you, why do you think oh, that? He's why, above, do you, why do you say that? What, be, because he has more power today than Trump does. Mm-hmm. Today, today. He's ahead of Trump. When we did our top media, you know, ranking for Vitim and Rob, if you can pull it up, we put a top 50 most influential media uh, names in, in media, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you type in, you'll see Vitim and this one right here. If you guys haven't gone through this list and we went from, and by the way, it was some of the names we had on the list. People are like, wow, what am media to me? Doesn't mean you're going to like them or disagree with them. I think we start off with number 50 being keep going through it. I think it's Como 50 and then it goes all the way down. And you can see all these names that we have here. Look at the names we got. Left, right, center. It doesn't matter. You hate, you love. It's going to be there, right? But go all the way down to number one. Go all the way. If somebody wants to see it, right, you can put the link in the comment section and chat for them to see it. Yeah. Elon Musk is number one. Yeah. Ahead of Trump today. Okay. So when you are enemy of the state number one, you have targets, you have threats, you have more cameras, all eyes on you, and they're just looking at something. So imagine if a judge is able to use this and go to SEC and say you are no longer uh, capable of being the CEO and the chairman of the board of X. Now who loses? You lose. Mm -hmm. You. Mm -hmm. You don't want that. 
And so the same guidelines that apply to an employee at TEX, at Tesla, at SpaceX applies to the founder because you're an employee. Yeah. You may, I'm, I may be the founder. I'm still an employee. So th- those guidelines don't get somebody to say, well, you can't get away with it because it doesn't do that. So I- I'm just talking like a board member is what I'm talking about and the mindset of a, a founder that doesn't like authority telling them what to do. I'm just saying, you have to be a little bit careful because you're extra, extra targeted. No, I, and, and, and I understand that, but my, my, my point is, though, it's, I understand, I agree 100%. What I'm saying is, look at all the stories that are coming out and the timing of it. He 100%, but it's going to get more. 100% it's going to be yeah. worse. But I'm saying, though, I, I go back to the, to the why, and the why is, and you nailed it, it's because he's such a threat because he's letting us speak. He's letting us he see is. the stories. And you nailed it. Yeah. He is a, he don't, is a don't freaking give threat. Them, don't give them another. You're, they're going to already make a bunch of shit up about you. They're already going to defame you. They're already going to do character assassination. They already hate you. Yes. Don't give them additional ammunition. But where'd they get the drug thing from? That's an alleged well, story. But just because it's credible because it's Washington Post, they're all owned by the same Cool. Look, here's the reality. I, I I think you're spot on. He is public enemy number one. Why? Good. Above Trump. Why? Trump's got maybe four to eight more years of really doing his thing. Yeah. Really. Maybe four. This guy's got four more decades yeah. of doing his thing, especially if we end up on Mars doing our thing. So no doubt that I think Elon should be number one. And just think how weird we are in America right now. Four years ago, he voted for Biden. Yeah. Fact. Okay, or if not, he definitely endorsed that message. It just shows how far left the left has gone, whereas the right, with the exception of a few people, has kind of maintained their position. Yeah. So just to show where Elon Musk is, where Rogan is, where even Bill Maher is these days, they're just basically, dude, I might not be a MAGA extremist, but I certainly ate this woke mind virus that's going on here on the left. Back to the drug thing. So. They're accusing him of doing drugs. They're saying he's doing illegal drugs, whether it's ketamine, whether it's LSD, whether it's uh, cocaine, ecstasy. You know what? Probably did a little bit of that. I'm sure. You know? So is that the biggest deal in the world? The under the influence, trace amounts of this. Listen, everyone that goes to Art Basel, they're handing out magic mushrooms like it's basically hotcakes going on over there. Is it concerning? Not to me. Because there's a difference between recreational drugs and actually being an addict. Okay? The it, it, look, to be clear, if doing drugs recreationally made you the richest man in the world, sign me up for Elon's plan. <laughs> and you know who agrees? I did polls over the week on this exact same story. You know how hard it is to get anything 60-40, everything's so divisive these days. I said, what are your thoughts on Elon Musk doing drugs? And I gave two options. Let Elon be Elon or shame on you, Elon. What do you think the results were? 93% uh, of people said let Elon do Elon. I also asked, what are your thoughts on the whole woke mind virus that he's basically going in on? 93% of people, it was on Instagram, 93% of people said it's a woke mind virus. That's what's going on there. So listen, sometimes when you want to dream big and you want to go to Mars, you might need a little DMT in your life. Okay. I mean, Drogan talks about it. Theo Vaughn talks about it. If Elon Musk wants to smoke a joint or take a magic mushroom to relax. I'd rather him do that than just start binge drinking alcohol. And, my, and I think the left needs to, to decide which way do you guys want it? 
You wanted to criminalize all drugs. You want right. to make them legal. You know, Portland, Oregon, all the things that they accused them of Correct. using is legal. So you could have said, well, I was in Portland for the weekend, you know, and, and it's legal. And, or, you know, you, you know, marijuana should be legal everywhere and cocaine should be decriminalized everywhere and mushrooms and LSD should be legal everywhere. Which way do you want it? Do you want it for a convenient attack on a guy who's going to uh, enable the, the greatest platform for free speech that we still have used to be the u.s constitution now it's x or do you want to pick on the guy and say oh oh drug use drug bad drug bad which way do you want but the way that they categorize drugs is actually very weird okay there's a big difference to taking like a micro dose of mushrooms than full-on going balls deep in some heroin or some meth i don't believe a big difference i don't don't believe none of it you made me see i'm not gonna front you made me see clear he is the number one threat and it's because, dude, the buying Twitter and making it X is the worst thing. Mm-hmm. That because th- now we get to talk and see their bullshit. And think about what's bigger: Twitter X or Truth Social. Final, final, X. final point. <laughs> Option one: Elon Musk microdosing, doing a few things, successfully running a bunch of companies, yeah. improving free speech, doing a lot for mankind. Okay, recreational drug user. Okay, okay, very creative. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Fine. This is option one. Option number two. Hunter Biden. <laughs> yes. Cocaine Un- Smoking addict, crack. Untreatable yes. addict with his second set of teeth, pictures of unmentionables. This is an uncontrolled person who's yes. an addict Leaving suffering cocaine in, in the White addiction. House. Great yeah. point, Tom. There's a big difference between the type yeah. of drug that you're doing, no doubt. All right, let's go to the crack next one. It. Let's go to the next one here. Boeing. Imagine, folks, you're on a flight, and this happens to you. Rob, if you want to pull up this video, you're on a flight, minding your own business. Maybe you're watching a movie. Maybe you're chilling. Maybe you're doing what you're doing. You're reading a book. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> go ahead and play this clip. Boom. This is what happens. Oh, You're on how, a flight, guys. Look how calm everybody it's is. gone. That's a full-on flight. Oh. An Alaska Airlines flight. And that door is, is gone. It ripped. And nobody. Okay. I, yeah. Apparently, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, let me I, let me let me yeah, read. I got to hear this. <laughs> let me read this. Let me read the story, and then I'm sure we'll get into it. So, Boeing 737 airliner grounded by FAA after window blown out in mid-air horror. Uh, the Federal Aviation Administration (FAA) has ordered a temporary grounding of the 171 Boeing 737 Max 9 aircraft after a window has ripped from a plane mid-flight, with some planes requiring immediate inspections before they can return to flights. An Alaska Airlines flight and experienced a horrifying incident as a portion of the plane's fuel uh, uh, fuselage uh, uh, blew out midair, uh, leading to an emergency landing. Stunned passengers described seeing a large section of the plane blown out with photos showing a gapping hole in the aircraft side. Boeing 737 MAX planes once grounded due to safety concerns in 2019 are now facing renewed scrutiny. The recent incident and grounding comes... After the planes were allowed to resume commercial service in 2020 following software upgrades and fixes to address previous safety. By the way, just so you know, when you look at the story, they lost $13 billion yesterday. Rumors came out from whistleblowers that Boeing no longer does the same quality control that they used to. And they went hiring lobbyists to say we are not uh, we don't need to be held to the same standards of quality control as other companies are. Whistleblowers came out talking about the fact that they, they no longer check the whistleblower. They, they no longer check the stuff on Boeing planes that they did before. That's the other funny. day, a man is minding his own business. He notices a big ass bolt <laughs> from a plane falls into his house. Did you see this clip? This video? They talked about. Could have killed, co- killed somebody. Bro, that, that's nuts? like a bullet coming down, right? So 
I think FAA is investigating at what because they're producing so many planes, and it's just like, look, get it out, get it out, get it out, get it out quickly, 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 quickly. And when you're forced to hit the planes fast and you're not QCing, mm-hmm. one, two bowls not being there. That's by the way, look at that. <laughs> that came through. His I don't roof. know if that's the one or not. I'll find it and I'll send it to you. But a bolt purely boom came and fell on a plane. But go ahead, look, Adam. <laughs> yeah, everyone's trying to figure out what, you know, since you wrote the book, what their enemies are. I'm still trying to figure out mine. The top of my list is just sloppiness and cutting corners and trying to think you can get rich quick and all that nonsense that doesn't actually mean putting Such in the work. Okay? I, I, th- th- this is just sloppy. Okay. This is scary. And I'm going to take a different angle with this. You know what I blame this on? This is weird. DEI. Because everyone talked about, all right, look, you know, United Airlines, they're at the forefront of this story right here. We're going to hire all 50% of all pilots are going to be men. 50% of pilots are going to be all women. Uh, Not so fast, guys. Turns out that 90% of pilots are men. Are you just going to start casually giving women jobs in the cockpit? There's other things they could be doing with the cockpit, but that ain't the job. That's not the job. That ain't the job, Vinny. But this, to me, is a trickle-down effect of DEI. I I hired this person. We we talked about in the S&P 100 that America is 60% white, yet they only hired 6% of white people for the top positions. This ain't a race thing. This is a meritocracy thing. Get the best people for the job. Get the best people to fly the plane. Get the best people to build the plane. Get the best people to work the plane. Enough with the DEI nonsense. We've seen how the, basically the, the sham that that is. And this to me is just a small story about not doing the best yeah. and just kind of doing some patchwork BS. And, and can you imagine? So apparently uh, my brother's wife, Bianca, was like, Vinny, the flight was f- completely full. <clears throat> that seat was the only seat that nobody was sitting in. Super and scary. And what if, God forbid, because, bro, when, when it's up there, reach ma- maximum altitude, I don't got my seatbelt on. The moment we reach, you know... Two thousand feet. My seatbelt's off. Could you imagine? God forbid, you get sucked out or your kid's yeah. on your lap, and you're like, just because some guy's like, nah, nah you know. You just- saw the kid that was sitting there. His shirt got sucked shirt got off. Sucked <laughs> and thank diaper- God he had his uh, seatbelt on. Wait, and I'm- shout out to everybody on that flight. Did you see how calm they were? I would have been screaming like a child if the door. I would have been like, <laughs> the whole flight. I would have yes. been losing my shit. They escaped. Great point, Vin. Oh An absolute disaster. Could you imagine if just one person fell out of the oh plane? Oh, my God. One. You should be counting your lucky blessings. It was a kid's shirt. Oh. Imagine on a flight, because I think it was from, like, Oregon to California or Vancouver to I think you're somewhere in the Hawaiian, Pacific there's Northwest. There's a Hawaiian <laughs> Airlines flight where a, a had a structural failure like that, and the flight attendant was standing in the aisle, and she went right out. That's a separate oh. story from this? Separate. This separate week as well? No, 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 when no, was no. I'm saying there was a midair. This oh. goes back years and years and years oh, ago. Oh, no, I'm talking about this story. Bro, Tom. imagine falling yeah. out and landing on your house. <laughs> Tom. <laughs> it's wild, man. They 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 escaped a unmitigated disaster. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, never found her. Never. Fo- yeah. Good time. What were you going to say? No, it's an unmitigated. You know, this is this is just... Shame on Boeing. I mean, the reason they were grounded in 2019 because the Boeing 737 Boeing 737 Max had AI and highly automated um, air flight control systems, also known as autopilot. Well, this, the sensors that they built into the plane and the software they built actually started fighting with each other. 
And in Africa, the plane is saying, I think I'm in the wrong position. Adjust. And then the plane senses it. No, go the other way. No, go the other way. And it created literally an argument. Oh, you great. know, between the um, the actual physical sensors and the software, and it started porpoising, and it fell out of the sky. One was in um, Africa, I believe, but that's the two seven thirty seven Maxes that they had all the sophisticated software, and there were whistleblowers at that time that said, "Here it comes we didn't test properly." Yeah, Ethiopian Airlines, brand new seven thirty seven Max, one hundred fifty seven people. The thing starts porpoising, oh, and the whistleblower said. We did not test this fully. Right. This this software is not tested, number one. Number two, we didn't do the full pilot training on this because you can turn it off and you can do workarounds if the plane's in trouble or heavy weather. And the Ethiopian pilots didn't know. They didn't know the workaround. These aren't these aren't dumb. These are highly skilled, fully educated, licensed pilots. And Boeing, so they said, didn't have training systems, didn't have workaround systems, and they rushed the thing out, out to market. And then two weeks later, either this was the first one or second one, but there was two of them. Two of them crashed for the same reason within two weeks until globally everyone said, okay, stop, 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 stop. All 737 Maxes stay where you are. Nothing's taken off mm-hmm. anymore. And you know and, what they... Oh, sorry. Tell and me. guess what? It was the same thing. Quality control, lobbying the FAA, cutting the corners, and then whistleblowers coming out. We knew it. We were just rushing to market. We knew it. Got it's it. the same thing they're saying. How about the fact that nobody's talking about... There was a flight in 2014, I believe, in Malaysia, flight 370, missing. Disappeared. Just disappears. <laughs> Nothing no, to see here. No block box. Where'd it go? Yeah, Nobody no. knows. Any answers? We haven't solved it. Who made that plane? Can we pull that up, Rob? We found one piece. Airpla- aircraft type? Oh, that was a Boeing. Yeah, they Dude, found Dude, what the hell's going on at Boeing? Yeah, they're not. Now, if you tell me that Boeing built the plane that accidentally fell out of the sky from the Wagner Group, uh, Prigozhin, yeah. I'm never flying a Boeing jet again. <laughs> well, we all know that was Putin, so we won't go there. Yeah, whatever. But, guys. This is scary stuff, man, because the number one thing, because I know how much you love heights, Pat. It's your favorite thing ever. You love being up there. It's your thing. This is scary stuff because you have zero control. Like, Jesus, take the wheel, literally. I hate it. And you have no control of what's going on up there. And we're relying on you, Boeing, on you, the airlines, to have your shit together. But we're starting to see cracks in the armor of what you're doing out there. And it's scary as hell. Or in the... uh Fuselage. Yes. Cracks in fuselage. Yeah, well, look. I never want to hear that word fuselage because anytime you hear the word fuselage, there's some, you're just there's some think, shit happening. You're going to think twice when the steward right, or let's go to the next story. To all of you sitting in the sudden exit row. Here we go. Pat McAfee accuses ESPN. By the way, you know the whole DEI thing with uh, uh, Mark Cuban and uh, uh, Elon Musk going through it yesterday? Elon Musk called Mark Cuban a racist, racist. yesterday. Yeah. Did you see that? I saw, I saw that in between all the yeah, borders. They're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I proposed. I said, uh, Mark, you're not letting go of this. Mark and I had a very friendly mm. uh, uh, Twitter exchange uh, on DM each other. I would say probably 100 messages over a span of two hours, back and forth. It was a debate. It was a very uh, a friendly debate, but it was a fiery one that we had. I said, listen, I said, here's a suggestion for you, Mark Cuban. Since you're so confident in your DI argument, why don't you do an X space with Elon Musk and others, you bring three to five influencers who agree with you, including bring Tony Fauci if you want. Bring whoever you want. So you won't feel like it's one-sided. Who would like to see this? I would love, and, I, and then I posted a picture below of the Guardian <laughs> yeah. just to remind him, go a little lower. The Dallas Mavericks are consistently the whitest team in a black, black league, 15 out of 21 years. Did he respond and, to that? <clears throat> no, he, has, he hasn't responded to that. He responded Mighty to that whiteies. in DM, but he didn't respond to that on uh, public. And uh, he and I spoke about it. So I'd love to see... 
a Twitter space with Mark Cuban on DEI. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I'll talk about that later. <laughs> later, later, later. More I feel things. like BBD's got More something things. to say. Yeah. Pat McAfee accuses ESPN executive of sabotaging his show. Here we go, Pat. This is what happens when you go to a company like Disney, it's a.k.a. On. ESPN. You are dealing with DEI scores that Ooh. you got to be careful with. Mm-hmm. Pat McAfee, the sports talk. Sensation, known for his YouTube show, has accused ESPN executive Norby Williamson of purposefully undermining his show by leaking false information to the media. McAfee specifically uh, pointed to Williamson as the one trying to sabotage the program, stating more specifically, I believe Norby Williamson is the guy who is attempting to sabotage. Do you have this clip wrap? Is attempting to sabotage our program. McAfee was known for his outspoken and sometimes controversial style Recently faced backlash with a guest, Aaron Rodgers, made controversial comments related to Jimmy Kimmel and Jeffrey Epstein. McAfee later apologized for the incident. Additionally, concerns arose about McAfee's TV ratings being lower than his lead-in, raising questions about the reported $85 million contract ESPN has with him. So think about the games they're playing there. Rob, if you have that clip, go ahead and play it. I don't know if this is it. We're very appreciative, and we understand that more people are watching this show than ever before. We're very thankful for the ESPN folks being very hospitable. Now, there are some people actively trying to sabotage us from within ESPN. More specifically, I believe Norby Williamson is the guy who is attempting to sabotage our program. I'm not 100% sure. That is just seemingly the only human that has information, and then somehow that information gets leaked, and it's wrong, and then it sets a narrative of what our show is, and then are we just going to combat that from a rat every single time? I don't know. But, like, somebody tried to get ahead of our actual ratings release with wrong numbers 12 hours beforehand. That's a sabotage attempt, and it's been happening basically this entire season from some people who didn't necessarily love the old edition of the Pat McAfee show to the ESPN family. Sure. There's a lot of those. We've get- heard them anonymously quoted in the Washington Post, mm-hmm. in the New York Post, right. in the New York Times, right. in the L.A. Times, right. in Wall Street Journal. Right. And they're never like, yeah, love the show. This is awesome. It's always yeah. like little things to try to tear us down. So even with the enemy within our own you camp, it, somebody that we don't I don't like that guy. I, that guy left me in his office for 45 minutes, no-showed me in 2018. So this guy has had zero respect for me. And in return, same thing back to him for a long time. So even with that taking place and potential PR, like there's, we're still growing somehow. Yep. Positive. So we're very thankful. I love it, Pat McAfee. 100%. My, my question to you is, though, as a business guy, like, so you think, because I don't know, you think it's smart for him to air out, uh, one, what, is that guy a producer, the, the, the guy he's talking about? He's an executive. Is that, is that smart to do that to him well, about an here, Here's what I'll say to this, thing? bro. No, it's, no. Not, it's not about, it's, it's, it's a great question you're asking. Yeah, it's not I'm smart curious. for him to air out. But remember, he's the guy that doesn't want him here. So imagine mm-hmm. I want you at Valuetainment. Yes. You're here because I want you. Oh. You know I believe in you. Mm-hmm. You know I'm a fan of yours. Matter of fact, yesterday while we're doing our meeting during lunch, I showed a video of you. Oh, God. When you were the uh, protest uh, stripper. P- protest stripper. I showed that clip, and I'm sitting there saying we're cracking up, laughing. We're watching clips of you, okay? Oh, My kids watch clips of you. Not that one. But then, no, not that oh, one. But Jesus imagine, Christ. imagine if all of a sudden one guy within the organization hates you. 
okay? Okay. In, and in valuetainment. And is sabotaging and bringing me stuff to say that you suck. And you had a meeting with him five years ago, and he's, he, you, for 45 minutes you're standing there, absolute disrespect, insult, straight up doing yeah. that. Okay. So the company knows McAfee's a stud. The company knows McAfee can bring numbers in, but this guy doesn't, and he wants to sabotage your success. Yeah. You have beef with him. So for Pat McAfee, though, here's the issue. Guess what, Pat? Why are you surprised? You chose to go to a DEI organization. You chose to go to an ESG organization. You chose to go to Disney. You chose to go to ESPN. You knew you were going to get this, right? You knew this was going to happen to you. This is not going to happen at Barstool. This is not going to happen at Spotify. This is not going to happen if you're independently kicking some ass. But it is going to happen if you choose to go to an organization like that. And by the way, this will be just the beginning. It's not going to get any less, okay? Do not think for a moment they're not calling him from the top saying, well, listen, you can't ever make a comment like that about Jimmy Kimmel. You better call and apologize. Publicly. You think Pat McAfee did that because he didn't? They didn't call him and tell him you better apologize to Jimmy Kimmel For or Jimmy sure. Kimmel coming 100%. back and you know 100%. the most viral tweet of that week right. with a hundred million views. Of course you better believe. Okay. But you chose to go to it's like it's like you right now choosing to take your talent and going to SNL, not SNL. Where? No, you choosing to take your talent and go to. Uh, I'm trying to see, uh, uh, pick one, man. You Fox choosing, News, not Fox News. You're choosing to go to MSNBC. Oh, okay, God. me. And you're gonna, <laughs> but but then, and you're surprised that people are back. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Why are you surprised? Yeah, you exactly. calling me saying you won't believe how they're treating me, Vinny? Why are you surprised? Yeah, you went to MSNBC. You went to a place that they they know. There's who only I am. one way of thinking. There can't be debate. There yeah. can't be discourse. It's only their way of thinking. Tom, look, ESPN is dying. I'll say it again. ESPN is dying. They're not in a growth mode. They're in an adjustment mode. Bob Iger was walking around at the Allen and Company conference, you know, uh, earlier, I mean, last year, where they all get together, media confab, and he was unable to have any strategic. We're looking at strategic alternatives. Translated, will somebody please buy this bitch off me? <laughs> right? That's what it's all about. And the same thing, by the way, the same thing happened for Zaz, who was walking around, you know, saying, hey, do you want to buy a copy watch or CNN? You know, opening up his, his lapel to display it. Yeah, come on. So here's what's happening. Bureaucrats like this guy, you know, are getting points for saving money at ESPN. So everybody's going to be trying to do it different way. Everybody's trying to cut costs. Somewhere, someone thought it was a good idea to bring him on and to bring ratings and everything. But guess what? Inside corporate America, these aren't founders. These are people with positions. And they're freaking bureaucrats and they're backstabbers and they have individual tribes based on departments. And so you've got people that want to save money for ESPN and get brownie points with Uncle Bob Iger for doing so. And so they want to cut stuff and they want to cut stuff that doesn't resonate with their political viewpoint. That's what's going on here. You're seeing this parlor game go on at ESPN. That's all it is. And and that's what's happening. And guess what, Norby and all the rest of your your boss is trying to sell you. <laughs> well, here's the deal. What I know about Pat McAfee, if that guy's wearing sleeves on TV, Something's he up. means business. Yeah, yeah. Because that guy has never worn a sleeve on TV in the history of his show. All he wears is cut-off T-shirts or wife beaters, yeah. okay? That's all he wears. So I think he's trying to step his game up. I think he gave a shout-out to our buddy who was at the Soho House party um, that, for dressing him up in suits. You know that guy? But 
Pat, you played in the NFL. You were a sick punter. Welcome to the big leagues, buddy. You know, it's a different level. You're, div- you're dealing with a lot of different accountability, and do- a lot of different personalities when you go from being just an independent podcast type of place to going to ESPN, right? Who owns ESPN? That's not the Disney? big leagues, though, but that's not the big leagues. You don't think ESPN is the big leagues? No, it's not the big leagues. Not anymore. No, no not to. But What's the, bigger than wait, ESPN? Wait, 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 wait. I don't know what the hell you're saying. You're saying he wasn't big leagues? And then he goes to ESPN, and ESPN is big league? Bro, they paid him $85 million, kids. He was the number one sports show in the world. Correct. He is the big league, okay? He chose to go to the little league that's dying. What are you talking about? The last thing he needed, FYI, here's a question uh, for you. We fully disagree on this. Here's, a question, for, here's a question yeah, for you. Who needs who? Who needs who? Oh, ESPN needs him. Okay, then. Yeah. So who's the big league? ESPN is. No, it's not. That's still the number one place for sports. It's still where Stephen A. Smith hosts his show. That is still the big leagues. It might not be there long term. Who laid off 25 of their top talent last year? But but wait a minute. You you have to realize, like, when you think about— Most people in America have never heard of Pat McAfee before he came to ESPN. No, that's that's If you're a sports fan, you did. No shit. But most Americans never heard of Pat McAfee. Who are the nobodies? How are you going to convince me that ESPN is not the big leagues? I'm all ears. No, Go ahead, no, Tom. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. No, no, wait a minute. This is not. You think you've made it when you're at ESPN? You think that's what it is? Is that the interpretation you have in your mind that you've made it when you're at ESPN? This guy made it way before he was at ESPN. This guy made it at Barstool. This guy made it with his show, with his podcast. ESPN didn't validate who Pat McAfee is. Zero. This is not the big leagues. This is called you chose to make take money from people that will control you. Mm-hmm. That's all that is. But okay? you know that when you go and, into the door. Uh, you know that. No, but 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 you don't need them. You don't need ESPN. You, you, so so for example, when you're at a when you when you're somebody this is not a teleprompter guy. This is not a guy that I agree. This is not a guy that is going up to ESPN because he went to the right journalist school and all this comes a freaking punter tackling people, loud mouth, entertaining, <laughs> yeah. fun party guy. A football goes player. And he p- played with a p- Peyton Manning. Exactly. He p- played with a lot of studs. And then all of a sudden, what does he do? He builds a show. He gets big. ESPN is begging for him to go there because they desperately need him. It is not the other way around. You're not, you're not on a you're not joining an organization that's coming off of back to back to back to back to back championships and you're going on the ride like, hey, I'm gonna ride Tom Brady's coattail to win a championship. Uh-uh. ESPN is not that organization. You're going to a place that's been coming off of losses after losses after losses in the recent years, and you're joining them. When when you join an organization that's dying. You're going there because they're hoping you save them. You're not going because they're hoping to save you. It's the other way around. This guy's not going there. This isn't like a guy that had a you know twenty year career running the sports and then he's going to an organization because they're going to be like, uh, well, you know, come and play the last two years. You're going to be a great locker room guy and you're going to develop these younger guys. That's what we need from you right now. Now, bro, I'm on my prime. I'm killing it. I'm number one in the world. Is who I am. That's Pat McAfee. You want me? Pay up. But the mistake he made, Pat, which I think is a big mistake he made, he made the mistake thinking whoever sold him that there's not going to be, you cannot have a Aaron Rodgers calling out a guy that forced the entire country to take the vaccine or else and the late night host taking shots at him. 
that's the mistake he made. Mm. He teamed up with the wrong can organization. I want you to respond. And I, so if, I, and th- if that's the case, which I, which I, I, yeah. I agree, somebody has to go. It ain't going to be Pat McAfee. Who's that other guy? Who's that other guy that he just called out? Galen that guy has to leave. Like, he Norby can't stay. Williams. He can't stay at CP- since That's what I'm saying, though. How does that guy no. stay on? Guys, what are you guys? Like, what, what, what did you guys smoke this? I'm saying, is he, are they going to get We were hanging guy? out with Elon, no, Pat. This guy's, this guy's not going he's, to. He's not going to be at ESPN for too long. The guy. No, no, McAfee. Oh, McAfee. McAfee's okay. contract, whatever it is, he'll write it out. How and long then, is it for? Uh, be, because here's what you have to ask yourself. Okay. All right. So, you ready? All right. You're in a marriage. Yeah. Okay? You're married to somebody. Matter of fact, let's just say you're dating a girl. Okay. You've been together with her for three years. You love her. Okay? However, she does cocaine every day. Shit. But you love her. Mm-hmm. Okay? You ask her, babe, I love you. I want to marry you. But you got to stop with this cocaine thing. She says, if you love me, love me with the cocaine. What are you going to do? One of two people have to change. Okay? Mm-hmm. Either you have to change and accept the fact that it's okay with her doing cocaine for the rest of your life of being with her because you're crazy about her, or she's got to stop doing cocaine. Do you think she's going to stop doing cocaine? No. She no. just told you no. No. Okay, in this situation, you know who's the cocaine girl? ESPN. <laughs> yeah. ESPN is not going to stop doing cocaine. <laughs> I understand the analogy and the I reference I'm making I to you. I love it. So either McAfee's going to change or ESPN's going to change. Who do you think's going to change in this situation? I have an answer. You know what my answer is? Neither. Neither is going to change. So what does that leave you? McAfee's going to be out. Because ESPN's culture is not going to change. What are we talking about? Sage Steele. Do you want me to go through a list of names? Where is Chris Broussard? Not there. When's the last time you saw Chris Broussard? He was one of my favorite. Where is Chris Broussard? Yeah, where the hell is he? Where is all these know. guys? Where are like a lot of these guy. guys? So how many of these guys all of a sudden disappeared? Where, why did they disappear? Mm-hmm. What do they all have in common? Just because politically, they were not willing to just sit there and apologize and kiss some ass. And be BLM, be part of this, be part of Like, dude, I don't want to do that. You better take the vaccine. I don't want to do that. Kneel. Then get the hell out. Yeah. McAfee's not going to kneel. This environment, unfortunately, it's not conducive for a guy like Pat McAfee. You know why Joe Rogan was happy with Spotify? They had his back. Because they're like, we don't give a shit. Yeah, do say what you want. Yeah, yeah. Do, what, we don't do give your a thing. Shit. We don't give a shit. We don't oh. give a shit. But ESPN and Disney gives give, a shit. Yeah, they give way too many shit. They give a shit. So there you so, have it. And when you see what they do, Pat, and you see what they say publicly, and you see what they leak, remember, the content, they're trying to save costs. They may regret doing it for his his point of view and for the fact that it's an $85 million albatross. How many times have we seen a professional sports like a bad deal is done and two years after the bad deal exhibit a Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. They are trying to do anything they can to get that albatross off their books. This is the way it works. They may be looking at this and saying, look, he hasn't blown up and doubled his ratings. He's not a super duper cash cow, but he's doing really well. Let's get him out of here. And what Norby may be doing is leaking things because there may be a ratings-based performance clause that's in the contract. And if you could turn down McAfee or you could actually cripple him a little bit, you might be able to get the contract off your books. There may be escape clauses in there. Trust me, neither one of these guys are going to want to be there long-term. It's like a relationship you're in that you know is not going to work out long-term. Well, this is what happens when you take the money. And with all due respect to Pat, awesome guy, awesome talent. You know, we talk about ESPN being the sinking ship. 
they're still the biggest ship on the on the ocean. That's without a doubt. Like if you think of sports, name the first uh, broadcast sinking. company. When it's when name something's the... sinking, it's sinking. Okay, but they're still the Titanic, right? We all know That's that sunk. When... Correct. And they but... died. Yes, but we all acknowledge that that was the biggest ship ever. And they died. So it's going... Yes. Okay, and this is why they gave him an. When 80... you're sinking, size doesn't matter. Okay. Well, can I make my points? No, there? because you're gonna no. die. <laughs> But this is what happens when you follow the money. Do you know how much money Pat McAfee made between 2009 and 2012 being the fucking punter for the Indianapolis Colts? $1.8 million. Okay. $450 over four years. All right. What's he making from ESPN? $85 million. For five years. Over five years. He's making, what, $15, 17000000 million dollars a year. The guy made his show. The guy made his show. His show. The sickest show out there. Yes. Yeah. But then he said, okay, this sick show that I made, yeah. let me go cash it in on uh-huh. ESPN. Yeah. If these huckleberries want to pay me $85 million, yeah. you know what? Sign me up. So you must know when you go to ESPN, who's owned by ABC, who's owned by, owned by Walt Disney Corporation, you're going to have some accountability right there. And, of course, we bring up the Jimmy Kimmel situation, which we can talk about with the comedians. Where does Jimmy Kimmel do his show? ABC, you know what you're getting into when you walk in the door. I'm sorry. Now, I granted, I'll take the freaking money, the $85 million, yeah. but save me the crocodile tears about, oh, my God, I can't believe I can't say what I want to say. You know that when you sign your $85 million deal, homie. But but you, you would take the money. I don't think Pat is the guy that would take the money. He took the money, I, Pat. But, but, what do you mean? But I, no, hear, hear me out what I'm saying to you. <laughs> no, let me make my point. Yeah. What I mean by Pat, Pat took the money. But Pat is sitting there regretting saying it's not worth the money. It's not worth the money for you to have to change yourself to uh, uh, to what do you call it? To all of a sudden. Like, for example. Conform what, what, to this and this. Watch what's happening with Forbes. Okay. Mm-hmm. A liberal company buys Forbes and starts flipping the content that fed capitalists and doers and executives to now some virtue signaling DEI bullshit. Do I buy Forbes today? No. Mm-hmm. So what happens to them? They're losing customers because they're not talking to them. So if Pat McAfee goes to Disney, he has a big following that likes his style, and then now he has to change his way that garnered him all this following, and then his viewership drops. He's like, oh, shit, as a competitor, what happened? Nothing happened. You just changed. And your audience doesn't like the new you because now you're the ESPN you. The audience liked the old you. And ESPN... And Disney is not going to let McAfee just be McAfee. They're not going to do it. Can you imagine if they tell him, hey, man, moving forward, you cannot have any more Aaron Rodgers on your show. Yeah. He'll say, fuck you. <laughs> Go for it. Go ahead and say it to ESPN. Say it to then ESPN. Resign. Exactly. Then resign. Then you know what? If, if, it, if it takes you going from four fifty a year to $17 million a year, you're going to have to make some concessions. But most people are going to make those concessions. I know. I'm sorry. That, no, no. What I'm saying is, yeah. no, 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 no. I Again, we're going to find out, Yeah, meaning yeah. we're going to find out if he's going to make those concessions or not. We're going to see if Pat is going to be somebody that's going to be like, okay, I'll become this woke liberal person as long as they pay me. I don't think me. that he's going to go that extreme, not whatsoever. But, and that's why he's naming names. It's yeah. not like he's calling out yeah. ESPN. But, it's not like he's calling out his executive producer. He's calling out one person, Norby Williamson, like in Seinfeld said no, back no, in no, the no, day. No, 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 no. He, he named he, no, no, names. No, no, he didn't just say Norby. Okay, go back to the clip, Rob. Go back to the clip. He said and one person no, is he undermining did not. my nope, show. Nope, nope, nope. Go back to the clip you played. 
Go back to the clip you played. He did not say one person. He named one name. Nope. He did not just mention one name. Listen to words. Okay. English is not my first language, but listen to what he says. Fast forward 30 seconds into it. Go 30. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Try it from right there. Let's see if it's right there. Of what our show is. And then are we just going to combat that from a rat every single time? I don't know. Wait. But like somebody tried to get ahead of our actual ratings release with wrong numbers 12 hours beforehand. That's a sabotage attempt. And it's been happening basically this entire season from some people who some people. didn't necessarily love the old edition Wait. of the Pat McAfee show to the ESPN family. Sure. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of those. That's English to me. There is a lot of those. Okay, I not agree. One. No, no, it's but not. But he I only agree. said one no, no. name. He said there is a lot of those. But he said one name. It doesn't. He no, said. Yeah. He said. No, no, no. He's, we he played not, the clip. He no, said one name. Okay, he's not. You win. He's not. You win. Adam. He's you not win. talking about one person. What he's saying is there's a lot of those at ESPN. I don't doubt it, but he only said one of name. Of course he's going to not get 50 names because the other names you don't give a shit about. That's the biggest name. But he named one. No, but he said there is a lot of those. English but he didn't Rob, say their names. Wait, re, 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 <laughs> he didn't say re, their names. Rewind it five seconds for this guy say that had a 4.0 GPA in high Rob. school. Play the clip, Mr. 4.0. You're going to hear one name. And I hate arguing Play about it. this, PVD. ESPN I don't have any sure, Hang on. Be quiet. Listen. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of Play it again, Rob. Can, can we play the beginning of the goddamn clip? Can we play the beginning of the goddamn clip, please? Play, where he says one name. I think we have to hear it one play, more time. Rob, play the beginning of the clip. Go for it. Go ahead, buddy. Play it again. This is what they do on mainstream media. Sure. There's a lot of those. There is a lot of those. Oh, my God. It's plural. It's plural. Sorry, Pat. I got to hijack the show. Play the clip from the beginning, Rob. Stop it. He said one name, PBD. Can we move on? You think I have any? No, Tom. Shut your mouth. One thing, move on. One thing. Let's continue. ESPN had 98 million subscribers. Now it's 73 and dropping. Unbelievable. This time a year from now, the subscriber number will start with a six. This is censorship. And it's so good. It's so great. ESPN is doing so well. Disney's trying to sell it to the first person that'll buy it. Tom, stop brown-nosing PBD, okay? I'm not brown-nosing. He's giving you facts, buddy. That's facts. facts. Okay, I'm going to read the article. I have to because you won't play the clip because you don't want to prove me right. Play, play. No, no, wait a minute. Prove you right what? You said he's only talking about one person. I said he only said one name. No, the entire organization. Do you you realize what's your point? Are you saying like one name versus plural? Yes. You're saying only one person doesn't like him there? I'm saying there's probably more, but why did he single not, not out there, one no, person? He's the why do guy. I even know this name Norby Adam, Williamson right now? You're you're right. A guy now, who I've never heard of. Adam, are you saying there is he didn't say that there's more people at the organization that don't like him? I'm saying he did say Okay, others, no, no. But there's so, a so reason that you, he said one yourself. name. Okay. There's that, a reason he said Norby it's Williamson. The biggest Head executive, he's calling out. Okay. But now, there's a lot of people who don't like him there. And it's not a good feeling when you go to work and you know a lot of people don't like you and what you stand for. And that's not sustainable long term. For a person who is a free-for-all guy that has proven to the market that he's the best at what he does, okay, ahead of Stephen A., they paid him more than they pay Stephen A. Straight They're up? Saying, yes, Stephen A. doesn't make his kind of money. They're about to give Stephen A his contract. Stephen A still only makes six, eight million dollars per year. Okay, well, twelve million dollars per year. Yeah, they, they pay, pay McAfee more. more than they pay Stephen yeah, A. Think about paid. that. So the market is saying McAfee is better than Stephen A. In getting eyeballs. Okay, yeah, so, Stephen A. is going to get paid though. Stephen A. should get paid, but I mean, I have a whole different opinion with that. We're not going to get into that. Okay, 
Let's go next year. Which do we want to Jimmy go into, Kimmel story? Since we were already discussing it, you're talking about the late night. We yes. only have 20 minutes, and I don't want to go. Let's. I, I will give three minutes to the story, and that's it. And you got only 30 seconds on this story. I'm going to come to you last. Okay? I'm going to the bathroom. I'm in trouble you, right now because I'm arguing. No, no, with because you go. You're you're ranting for five minutes, and we can't get to the next right, story. Because so no one watch, else does that. Watchdog finds 81 percent of all political late night show jokes in 2023 targeted conservatives. A study by Media Research Center found that 81% of all political jokes on major late-night comedy shows in 2023 targeted conservatives. The study analyzed 9,500 jokes, political jokes, from six major late-night shows, revealing a significant bias against right-leaning subjects amongst the analyzed shows. Jimmy Kimmel Live, the highest rate of anti-conservative jokes, 88% of its 2,215 political jokes. Damn. Targeting conservatives, Stephen Colbert's show came in second with 86% out of his 1,918 jokes, followed by Seth Meyers at 84% from his 2,445 jokes, all anti-conservative. The Daily Show was at 78% of its 1,277 political jokes targeting conservatives. Jimmy Fallon's show had a more even split with 66%. Of its 1,416 political jokes directed at conservatives, James Corden shows, which ran for only four months in the year, had 54% of 245 jokes. Go ahead. What are your thoughts on this wonderful story? <laughs> Nobody's shocked. If you, I haven't listened to late night uh, comedy in forever. There's a reason that Greg Gutfeld's show, who's the least funniest comedian on TV, is the number one late night show. There's a reason. Because when you, when you pander to half the country... It's not a smart business move. Vinny, you know this. The whole point of comedy is misdirection. You don't see it coming, okay? When you're predictable and everyone's like, did you hear what Trump did the other day? It's a threat democracy. Ha, ha, ha. It's like we know it's coming. The whole point of misdirection. How many people come up to you and say, Vinny, that fight you you and Adam almost got in, bro? You got me. me. Because they actually thought we were going to fight. Next thing you know, we're walking with a birthday cake for PBD. But if you're just fighting Trump every night and you're predictable, you're no longer funny. They haven't been. But my thing is, they haven't been funny to begin with. At least like David Letterman, you know, it, it was back and it was forced. It was Jay Leno. Everybody was fun. They're obviously bought and paid for. It's a political activist move. All Bro, if you think about it, would you ever have thought that these pieces of scum would be having vaccine dances yeah, where they're Colbert, like, hey, bro, not shove, a this, shove this experimental drug in you and your kids and your family, and it's an agenda, bro. It's an agenda. It's not funny. It's unwatchable, and we're seeing it. Like you said, when you sign yeah. up for this, these guys all hang out with these same elites. They're all hanging out with – I rating. saw them in New York with Chuck Schumer and all these guys. Look, look, look how embarrassing – bro, look how – these that, are not comedians. By the way, yeah. I'm tired of people using that word loosely. He's not a stand-up – comedian he's a personality and look yeah. at that shitty personality bro bought and sold him soulless soulless people that are trying to make america laugh and by the way that audience they pick up applause signs and they go hey laugh at this you have to laugh at tom, this what do you think about this tom I think it's completely unsurprising, and regardless of how these comedians feel, they are playing to the narrative of the network that employs them. And so that's what I think. This is completely unsurprising. America needs equal time. America wants equal time. Love or hate Fox News, it was providing equal time. Rush Limbaugh, one of the greatest monologues of his program, I remember when he gave similar stats. They're saying this on this radio station. They're saying that on this radio station. Saying this on this radio station. And now they want the Hush Rush Act on Capitol Hill? 
I am equal time. And it was a bold statement, but he was mm. right. He says, I am equal time. You want equal time because you don't like people listening to me? I'm outnumbered. I am equal time. And I just, it's this is unsurprising to me. And you know what? And, and, I got you, and, Tom. So and, and, here's what I would say yeah. just, to, just to wrap up and transition is um, this is why you got to love data. How awesome is it that data reveals everything? You can get angry as much as you want, Mark Cuban, at data with DEI. But out of 21 seasons, when Guardian wrote the paper, 15 of those 21 seasons, you led the whitest team in the NBA. And then the last two years, you owned the team until you sold it. So that means, you know, whatever numbers you want to give it, 75% of the time you had the whitest team in the NBA, Mr. Mark Cuban claims DEI, then goes and hires a female black president for the Dallas Mavericks just to kind of a virtue signal to the marketplace. Numbers don't favor you. I went into, uh, what is that, Gloria Allred? You know, that lawyer that's the, the goat mm-hmm. of yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, sexual, sexual harassment lawsuits? Yeah, she's the girl. I went and interviewed her in her office, and she starts saying, are you a bigot? Are you this? Are you that? I said, what? how many of your employees here are uh, uh, women? Well, did you see my front desk clerk? Did you see? I said, I looked at all your partners on the wall. They were all men. Do you have any female partners? She changes the subject. Of course Data sucks. Yeah. Data sucks. Data reveals everything. Data shows. Good, bad, ugly. Okay. When we sit there and we're like, dude, by the time I'm like, Mario, we've had a, this a, two or three times we've done this. Mario, the last hundred videos we've done, we're not getting eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we got to change. The show sucks right now. This was, uh, you know, three times we went through when we took a break at, you know, 80,000 subs and at 450,000 subs. And we took a break at a month, at a million subs. I'm like, dude, I'm doing so many different things. I'm running so many different. I just don't have the bandwidth right now. Let's take a three month break. We come back, we improve the show. Data never, ever lies. Data tells you the late night is all. 50% of America can't stand the late night shows, and they're just pandering to their audience. It's what they're doing, and that's why you got to love data. So that's the best part about what I see. Whatever these guys did, good for them for taking the time to pull up the stats to see what's going on. Let's go to the next. By the way, within that space with comedy, Joe Coy, his monologue (laughs) flops. You know what he says? It was a tough crowd. No, Joe, it's not a tough crowd. You tried to please them. You weren't a comedian. You were trying to kiss some ass, and you were afraid of giving jokes. And you know what happens when comedians are owned by the audience, and you show fear. It's over. You lose, and it was felt by everybody. Exactly. There, we have a couple guys. We wanted this guy to come and perform at the event a couple of years ago. Eventually, it didn't work out. We ended up having a... a Sebastian uh, uh, Maniscalco, uh, you know, and, and uh, what do you call it? And uh, we had Kevin Hart. We, we've had a bunch of different people mm-hmm. that have come. But uh, Matt Sapalo is a big fan of Joe Coy. Okay. And he, he says he, he likes Joe Coy. Great. Because he's Filipino. Because he's Filipino. No problem. But you know what you saw when you saw the monologue? You were trying to pander to them. You were trying to make sure everybody liked you. And you walked on eggshells. Ricky Gervais came in and said, I don't give a shit if you want to be my friend or not. And he got hundreds of millions of of views, the most viral monologue ever. So if you're a comedian and you want to know why the most viewed interview of all year on YouTube, maybe of the last 12 months, is a guy named Cat Williams. Because Cat came and dropped the bomb on Shay Shay, Club Shay Shay podcast with Shannon Sharp. Can you go to the podcast to see how many views Cat Williams got? It's go like to Cat Williams. Five million. I don't know how many views. It's, it's a two hour and 46 minute something podcast ridiculous. of which you've watched twice, I watched right? Twice. Just go good? to YouTube and yeah. see how many views. No, I just want to see how many views it's got. What, yeah. What's the number of right now? Two. Wait. 
That's a short. No, that's a no, short. Go yeah. to uh, go to the yeah, full go video. Go on that. I'm telling you, it's like over 30 million. 37 million. I'm telling you, it's views. insane. 37 in how long? million views in five days. That is. You know why? But but by the way, you yeah. know why though? Because Cat didn't give a shit. Yeah. And if you're at a, you're a comedian, you're going up there trying to please the world. Yeah. You get the kind of ratings and, and, that you get. Uh, uh, enjoy. And, uh, first of all, I mean Joe Joe Coy, amazing human being, a really good friend. I I'm curious. Do you think it's because of what? Ricky Gervais did, Pat, like, shit on everybody. Now they have to see everything that you joke. They want to know all your jokes and all your stuff. If and they you have to did agree that to, to him, if they did that to him, you're not a comedian. I got. So you're saying he should have just been like, no, I'm not going to do if it. If they did that to him, you're not a comedian. God. Wow. If they did it to you, I don't see you as a comedian. I see you as a host, not a comedian. You're a host. If you're worried, like when, when uh, what's-his-name got up there and, and uh, Peyton Manning, yeah. is a better comedian at ESPYs than Joe Coy. Peyton Manning's monologue was 10 times better than Joe Coy's monologue. Peyton Manning got up and said, you know, the women's swim team or soccer team is doing so good right now that Kevin Durant is asking for a trade. <laughs> That's, yeah, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, and you're like, oh, shit. And then he goes to the next person and the next person and the next person. That's a comedian. Yeah. But Joe Coy was afraid to make people feel uncomfortable. Even the joke he took, the shot he took at Taylor Swift, he was hesitant about it. Weak. You just don't do that as a comedian. Go. Go for it and light it up. Next story. All right. So here, here's what we're going to next. DeSantis. Some politics story here for you. Is DeSantis going to drop out of the race on January 15th? Okay. This is The Hill. Page 10. All right. Let's see what's going to happen here. So two well-informed sources within the DeSantis campaign suggest that the governor, if the governor loses Iowa caucus to former President Donald Trump on January 15, he might drop out of the race that night or make his announcement the next morning despite campaign denials. Furthermore, these, these sources speculate that DeSantis may very begrudgingly endorse Trump for president following a trend of Republican politicians supporting the clear frontrunner as evidenced by recent endorsement from, uh, from House Majority Whip Tom Emmer, Majority Leader Steve uh, Scalise, and Speaker Mike Johnson, DeSantis declining poll numbers, coupled with the potential for more endorsements and financial support for Trump after Iowa could significantly impact his decision. Adam. Well, look, here's my message to Ron DeSantis. Look, I think it's time for a reboot. You got to get out there and, you know, you got to get some boots on the ground. You got to get out there and you got to get your people out there. I know that he sort of bootstrapped his campaign and he basically he got lobbyists out there doing his thing. Uh, but at this point, Trump is not shaking in his boots. And unless he gives some sort of uplifting message and gets Trump back on his heels, nothing's going to change here for Ron DeSantis. So. Do you unfortunately, think, do you what's think gonna they're happen, going to? Do you yeah, think unfortunately, going to? I think Trump is going to take his boots and he's going to walk right all over you. So that's my message for Ron DeSantis. That's I think top. it's over. I detect a theme here from Adam. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's uh, well, boots are made for walking, Tom. <clears throat> I shot a sketch um, yesterday about him, by the way. We'll look, there's, there are, there's two things happening in every election. The closer you get to the real election, those who are unable to um, step up, uh, stand taller, and mount a challenge— um, Back off and usually break along party lines and support the front runner. That's usually what happens. Yeah. And it appears to be that the leaks are coming out. We've tried. We've done all this. But if we really get a whooping and there's no path to go forward, maybe win the next state, which is, you know, the New Hampshire and South Carolina and all that and get into Super Tuesday. Then the question is, comes from everybody, including 
the RNC, good friend Rana, um, what are we doing with this money? Are we just going to burn this money trying to fight each other? Are we going to get behind somebody and go win a main election? I think that's what's happening. And also, isn't it interesting that after standing on the sidelines, Washington's major groups are breaking for Trump? Because Uh these aren't just random guys. House Majority Whip Tom Emmer, Majority Leader Steve Scalise, Speaker Mike Johnson. This isn't like three guys from... Colorado said, hey, Trump, we've always been with you, always here. The major sections of the party and its leadership are moving toward the reality of the polls and Trump. And this is swinging. This is swinging on a Supreme Court decision with the arguments February 8th. And you're getting a decision out of that probably two weeks later. Things are obviously things are starting to heat up. Tom, what's that word right there? Begrudgingly. What does that mean? He, DeSantis may very begrudgingly and not happy to do so. It it, it goes like this. If you want the car keys to go out on your date this weekend, you will walk in and apologize (laughs) to your sister. So you begrudgingly go into your sister and say, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. So which, which would be interesting because I mean, we talked about this way back when, when this all started, would, if he drops out, would Trump consider having this guy as a vice president, which I think he should have done from the beginning, not run. But then this all leads into everything that's heating up, everything that's happening right now, Tom, like especially with, with uh, Barack Obama. Did you guys see this? He's starting to panic as well. The, the article, Washington Post, said that he grew animated. We all know that that means he's probably cussing and, and throwing a tantrum in discussing the 2024 election with former President Donald Trump's potential return to power. He raised questions about the structure of Biden's reelection campaign. He discussed the matter directly with Biden and told him that uh, his, his aides and allies in the campaign need to be empowered to make decisions without clearing them with the White House. This is a Washington Post. Did you translate that? What's you the, translate that as Obama talked to Biden. Yep. Biden didn't want to take his vice. <laughs> and then Obama's proxies leaked the story. One, a thousand percent. And then apparently they had a private lunch, which I'm pretty sure, you know, Joe Biden had no idea what, where the hell they were, what they were eating. I, he goes, I'm pretty sure the lunch was, hey, this is Obama. Hey, Biden. You're done. You're going to have to move over, eat some of your ice cream, and guess what? We're going to have to make a change. And I think you know what that change is going to be? Roger Stone predicted it with us almost two years ago, Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama was on Jay Shetty's podcast you have that clip, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Just to give you guys a little thing, she said she is, Patrick, this is really scary and sad. She has kept awake at night. <laughs> Michelle, yeah, take it easy. But the upcoming election, and she said, I am terrified at what could happen. So, And guess what? She's going to run to save democracy. Right, guys, everybody, this is the warning. This is her pre-presidential, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to save America run. Go ahead, Rob. Things that yeah. keep me up oh. because you, you don't have control over them. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, where are people, where are we in this? You know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? I am terrified <laughs> about what could possibly happen. Her hands are huge. Because our leaders matter who we select, who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit. Bully. It affects us in ways that sometimes I think people take for granted. So notice the timing. Notice the timing, right? Uh, Biden having a meeting with Obama. Obama's panicking. And then she does this. It's Mm -hmm. all a set plan. And Because I'm telling you, I'm warning you guys, the Gavin Newsom, Michelle Obama presidency is scary as shit. 
And by the way, good old by Gavin. Right, what have you heard from Gavin in two yeah, weeks? No, guess where he is. You guys Where's don't know where. He's with Bill Clinton in Mexico. They were just spotted oh, together in Mexico. Like guys, so it's we're heating up. What are the chances you think she runs? Now, oh, great question. I want to know what are the Vegas odds right now? Because we did this. I want to know your odds. My odds of her running? Yeah. 75%. Okay. What do you think, Adam? Who? And I'm being genuine. Who do you think the left well, have? How about Biden this? Not. You want to have a little fun? Well, we already have a bet. Well, let's, let's see if she moved up. Uh, yeah, Michelle, up there. Michelle moved to 25 and one. Kennedy, I don't, I don't believe. Well, Ke- by the way, of him winning, that's this is not a great. This is not a great Vincent, Vegas odds. What? We already have a bet. What's our bet? Um, we have a bet uh, whether uh, Trump is going to go on Trump Rogan's podcast. Before, before How much the, is the bet? Five hundred bucks before the election. So you want to put another five hundred that Michelle Obama runs? Um, I won't do. I'm at, I'm at 75. percent Well, he Why says yes. Yeah, so what do you no? mean? That means I'm at 25. percent You have the odds. Well, you're, are you gonna, I say you, I don't think she's running. Are you going to give me odds? Are you going to give me like three to one? Four? It's, tw- it's, it's not a 500 bet, bro. What are you doing? You can't even do the math. It's, it's you got to take four to one uh, number. Yeah, four to one. I'll take. Why am I going to go straight up with you? Yeah, Pat. Look at look at this. Look at this. 25 to one. Why am I going to just bet straight up when the Vegas odds give me four to one? You just said 25 percent. No, if you give me four okay. to five. How about this? Rob, we'll do a five hundred dollar bet. Okay. If Michelle Let's runs, Starbucks. I give you a thousand dollars. If she does not run, you just give me five hundred. No, that's not. By the way, what? It's, I, this is a twenty five. I'm not going. By, by the way, while you guys are going back, yeah. you guys can talk about this yeah. afterwards. What I can tell you is Michelle's twenty five to one. Newsom's ten to one. Yeah. So what this is telling you right now, if they do anything, Newsom's the one that they have on this list, okay, if they do anything. Newsom's the one that they have as a favorite to do that. And by the way, while you're going through the story, let me kind of go into this next story. Yes, sir. Biden will pull out of the presidential race, according to J.P. Morgan. (laughs) Not not anybody. This is J.P. Morgan saying strategist Michael Sembalist predicts He's a strategist at J.P. Morgan that President Joe Biden will withdraw from 2024 presidential election race between Super Tuesday and November due to his low approval rating of 37 percent compared to Donald Trump's 59 percent in terms of handling the economy, as well as concerns about his age with 71 percent of pollsters considering him too old. Michael, the strategist, foresees a significant boycott. Mm of driverless cars, especially following safety issues. Uh, the result of this, Rob, what does that story have to do with this, the second part? He's making predictions. Yeah. Oh, I, and I have the, the list. Oh, the he's story. got a couple other yeah, yeah, predictions. Yeah, yeah. I no, got no, no, it, so. He's saying that the yeah. presidency is a driverless yeah. car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but by the way, this number is not a small number here, and this is not like a regular guy saying. J.P. Morgan. He's J.P. Morgan Chase, yeah. And I, and I have, and I, he compiled the list. They're called the 10 surprises of 2024, uh, and one of them is the, our dollar and the war in Ukraine. So he theorized Biden would drop out, like you said, Pat, on Super Tuesday, and then this is what else he said. He said, the U.S. dollar remains stable. The DOJ and FTC win a big antitrust case. President Biden withdraws from November. Uh, the driverless car backlash is coming. Broadly syndicated loan losses rise above private credit losses for the first time, Tom. Argentine dollarization, yeah. Ar- Argentine dollarization will fail if implemented. Russia invasion of Ukraine drags on 
with no ceasefire in 2024. That's a prediction? Th- yeah, that, yeah, no shit. Uh, despite storm clouds over U.S. regional banks, their stocks will do well uh, due to retirement of dispatchable power. Here we go. This is leave the world behind shit. Major cities will face electricity outages and or natural gas outages. Uh, outages. Oh, and last thing. Are you ready for this, Rob? I know you're going to love this one because you're probably waiting in line. You're on back order. Researchers will complete work on an inhaled COVID vaccine. So now if you want poison, you could just, just the hell with getting a needle. Now you can just suck it in your face. Going back well, to it, all JP Morgan is saying is what, what is the obvious and what I, I'm on the same page as Roger Stone and many other people. It's not like Roger and I are on an island together in this opinion. Uh-oh, the delicate. Uh-oh. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully not that island. <laughs> Tom, exactly. Just, I don't know. I, what would, not, I would not exactly. even refer to the island. So never says, use the word island again. He guy. says, going broke, a book by, who did you say? <laughs> no, nah, I don't know what you're talking about, Pat. <laughs> and then you nah, say an nah. island. Censorship. So it's awful. anyway. Go ahead, Tom. So it's. The super, <laughs> anyway, back to that island you're hanging out with Roger right. Stone. So Go ahead, Tom. The super delegate rules <laughs> are very clear. <laughs> the Democrats can change their allegiance at the convention. They will do so. Thank you for playing. Here's your Lifetime Achievement Award, and we are voting in someone else, which is also why they're not doing a primary. Yeah. That's when it's I'll, give you, I'll give you a it's ten July. second. I'll give it's you a July. ten seconds. Wait, wait. When is when is July? July is six months. Yeah, right? but what Super Tuesday's date? in March. It, yeah, but I want to know Super Tuesday doesn't matter. There's not going to be a Super Tuesday in the in the Democrat Party. They're not. It, they're not doing primaries. So can I ask you guys before so you? So we are six months. Six months from. We should cover it live, PBD. We should have a live coverage of the first night of voting of the DNC because what's going to happen, the superdelegates are going to come out, they're going to do this, and there it is. And then we're going to see who they vote for. Well, and right now, 10 to 1 says Newsom. What percentage do you give Michelle Obama, you and Patrick? If you have to, Just a percentage right now, if you just have to guess, I, I where think, you at? I think Newsom's their guy, and they've been trying to make him look good for foreign policy and a lot of other things. What about I Michelle? Think, Maybe, but I I think Newsom's are good. No percentage? You don't have a, a guess? Give me Two a guess. Two percent. I think, I, I would say it's probably 70, maybe 30, Newsom, Michelle. I'm at 10 percent. 10 percent that she does run. Yeah. She has to vet, Vinny. She has to save democracy. Take guys. the bet. She can't sleep at night. You don't Bro, care about her? it's an interview. It's just not, an interview with yeah, Jay yeah, Shetty. It's, it's not a campaign announcement. Look at the time. We're giving a little too much credibility to this guy. I know he's smart. Michael Sembalest. You've never heard of him before today. I don't care about today. him. I'm going back to the— No, I'm saying. I'm talking about you've never heard about this guy before today. The title of this article should, be, should have been, Smart Guy Makes Predictions. This ain't J.P. Morgan. This ain't this ain't no strategist. It's just a smart guy making ten predictions. Now, do I think he could be right on some stuff? Do I think he could be wrong on some stuff? Sure, but let's not like the other guy that just the other guy. I forget his name, but Pat, you remember his name? He's like the economy ninety percent recession. Harry Dent. Yeah, fuck you, Harry Dent. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy, Harvey. Yeah, Yeah. where have you all been? Fuck you! Exactly. <laughs> Sounds like a bad um, guy in a Batman. Sorry, I cussed. I'm anyway, I gotta go do an appearance on the Pat Mac if you show guys after this. So, <laughs> talk to you guys later, man. Oh man. All right. So there you have it, guys. Uh, lots of a uh, lot of crazy stuff that we we just talked about here. By the way, one last thing here, Rob. If you want to pull it up, Manek's been on fire last week. I am responding a hundred percent of audio on Manek. We have a contest that we're running, and I want to publicly announce this contest, no, and you no, get no. to support. Whoever you want to help win first. I told Tom, Vinny, and Adam. This was about, what, two weeks ago? When was this contest? Two or th- three weeks right, ago? Right, right, right around New Year. Aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I ran a contest for them. I said, whoever gets 500 Manects from that day, 
that we have. Tom, can you pull up the number to see where – I think, Tom, you have the lead. Then I think it's Adam. Then it's Vinny. It's still I early. Whoever, clear, I think. I said whoever gets 500 Manex mm-hmm. from that day wins a $2,000 suit, custom, whatever you want. We'll go to the store. I'm going to pick up a brand spanking new suit for you. So <laughs> if you love Adam, if you love Vinny, Please. if you love Tom – Whoever you love the most, connect with them. Please connect. Download me, guys. the app. Please send a message to Vinny. He will respond back in audio or video, or you can have a fifteen-minute call with him, or you can ask Tom questions about business and other things you want to do. Tom's uh, blowing up with Manek a lot. I think Tom's only twenty-three dollars a Manek. Where are you at right now for Manek? For, for a text? For a text? He's like fifteen dollars. And then Adam, where are you at? You're also at. Uh, uh, I don't think twenty-five bucks. Twenty-five bucks. I'm at the cheapest. Come to me. FYI, just so everybody knows, no one's gotten more Manek's than Adam so far. Adam's the only one above six hundred Manek. So whoever you want to talk to, he's the goat, man. Right send now. a message to them. And Tom actually just passed Top G. I told Andrew wow. Tate this. Said, oh. Andrew, just so you know, Tom just passed you up. And we called Tom the Top T. Top T. I said, but Tom, more the than top anything, we'll Pat, I know that time. this is a little contest between us. Yeah. How rewarding is it talking to all these guys out there and gals? It's, it's, it's so cool. We really enjoy talking to you. A lot of, whether you're starting life a business. Life-changing conversations. Life-changing. Yeah. Whether you're starting a business, whether you're having relationship problems, whether you're Pay literally parental, having depression, depression whether whatever. you're trying to figure out what you're trying to do in your yeah. career. I know that we have a little contest of who can help the most people, but let's not forget that we're actually helping people process 100%. their problems. It's like business therapy, and it's actually super, At the super same rewarding. time, whoever you want to see when the please, suit support yes, them please. the most. Manek, Vinny, Manek, Manek, Tom, Manek. or Adam, take care, everybody. Yeah. We'll do the, uh, so tomorrow we're doing Thursday, right? Thursday, Thursday. we got podcasts again. Take care, everybody. Thursday. Bye-bye, bye-bye.